With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good 
good evening, everyone. Coming at you from the WCWSHQ here in Trinity, North Carolina. It is episode number 1040 of the Mothership broadcast of the WCWS Radio Network right here, of course, on TalkShoe.com. This is, of course, the one and the only WCWS Revolution. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. WCWS Chad Hinshaw calling at you, talking at you here from the HQ here tonight. As we get set to talk about our favorite subject of all time, that being, of course, professional wrestling. <clears throat> we will, of course, first start off with our wrestling news and views here segment. Of course, filling in for our 2017 Hall of Fame news tag team, King Ice, who is, of course, King and W.O. Gerard T. Smith and the Iceman, Jared D. Geralmo, are, of course, our friends at 411mania.com. Also, ladies and gentlemen, uh, <clears throat> also, of course, ladies and gentlemen, getting, of course, our wrestling, our first volley of our wrestling and pop culture history and birthday reports up here tonight is a two-time WCWS Hall of Famer, of course, a multiple-time title holder in our Trivia Championship Series. He is, of course, part of the broadcast team behind WCWS Raw Radio every Monday afternoon right here, of course, on TalkShoe.com. And also, he is, of course, part he is, of course, uh, part owner of GSWI, of course, the Gross Stuffless Wrestling Incorporated Facebook page. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, uh, from hailing from Front Royal, Virginia, he is, of course, the one and the only, the human suplex machine himself, Mr. John Gross. John, we welcome you, sir, to episode 1040 of Revolution. Thank you very much for being here with us here tonight. And we hope to he we hope to have, of course, uh, more folks popping on here, of course, over the next little while. In the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, if you wish to chime in, come on in and chime in on everything that we, of course, have planned for this evening. Please feel free, of course, to give us a call. The phone number, as always, is 1-605-562-0444. Caller ID, 138055-POUND, the magic six numbers. And press that one if you wish to chime in on anything and everything that we have to talk about here, of course, here tonight. Which, of course, is in addition to our news and views and history and birthdays tonight, we will also be bringing you, of course, our, our thoughts and opinions here on what has gone down so far with tonight's edition of SmackDown, of course, hailing tonight from Madison Square Garden. Also, of course, coming up here a little bit later, our thoughts, or our personal thoughts and opinions about what has to, what will, will take place tonight on AEW Rampage. Also, of course, ladies and gentlemen, we will also, of course, reveal the winners of our all-out prediction title challenge. Of course, uh, our three poll matches that we've had posted here since Sunday. Um, as you know, of course, like I said, 13 people did were involved in the prediction title challenge, and of course, everyone was placed in three separate uh, three separate matches to determine who would, of course, hold the three new championship belts being awarded from the prediction title challenge. As you know, the NWA US Anniversary Championship, the AEW US Red Dragon Championship, and the AEW US First Dance Championship. Of course, we will reveal the winners of those here, of course, here tonight here as well. We hope, of course, like we said, also, once again, we hope to have a lot of folks pop on here and give their take on everything, of course, that we have on hand, of course, here this evening. In the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, 8.57 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, as we said, Friday, September the 10th, 2021. Let us now proceed directly to 411mania.com, ladies and gentlemen, and bring you, of course, 
some of the stories that we have, of course, up and going here, of course, courtesy of our friends at 411mania.com. Of course, as I always say, the WCWS Radio Network hereby thanks our friends at 411mania.com for allowing us to read their stories on all of our shows. Of course, in addition to right here on Revolution, also, of course, on NWO Wolfpack, also Raw Radio, <clears throat> as well as Outside the Ropes, Power Hour, WCWS This Morning, as well as, of course, Wrestling Revisited, Wrestling Debate, and also Sports Machine. And hopefully, of course, we will be able to incorporate a lot of this into all of our other shows coming up here in the second half of 2021. Of course, a lot of our shows have been on hiatus for quite some time, but we hope to get them back up and running, plus, of course, a few new ones that have not premiered as of yet. But, of course, 411 Mania will be used in some capacity on on these episodes, of course. Uh, <clears throat> um, of course, sometime down the road here once we get everything underway. Our first story tonight, ladies and gentlemen, actually... Pop actually, of course, has to do with, of course, the beginning events of tonight here on SmackDown. I will go ahead and bring that here to your, bring that here, of course, uh, bring this up to your attention right here. Jeremy Thomas has this story tonight, as of course, uh, as of course, uh, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Uh, me, okay, here we go. Come the blows over, of course, Paul Heyman. On tonight on SmackDown, let's bring you the story right here. Paul Heyman found himself in a very uncomfortable position at the center of Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar on SmackDown with the two coming to blows over his services. The opening segment of tonight's show saw Reigns come out with, of course, his group, The Bloodline, and Heyman cut a promo demanding that Madison Square Garden acknowledge him. That brought out Lesnar, who hit the ring and forced Heyman to try and play Peacemaker. Heyman asked Lesnar why why he was going after Le- Reigns' title, and Lesnar asked why Heyman didn't tell Reigns he was going to be at SummerSlam. That made Reigns suspicious, and he exited, of course, with the Usos. When Heyman tried to save it by playing to Brock, Lesnar went to F5 him, which brought Reigns into the ring to Superman punch Brock. Brock then laid out the Usos, and Roman Reigns left with Paul Heyman. In a later segment, Heyman said that Reigns will answer the challenge from Lesnar when Reigns believes it's appropriate, of course, uh, for him. Of course, obviously, um, a lot they're going to probably end up at some point probably demanding Roman Reigns make up an answer, uh, not when he wants, but of course, whenever they want. So, thing about it is Roman Reigns, like we said, just because he has that belt, it does not make him the boss. So. He needs to actually, he actually, of course, needs to, uh, needs to, of course, to learn, start learning a little, little bit of, a uh, little bit more respect and all that. So, because right now, nobody right now really respects him. Jeremy Thomas posted this story here tonight as NBA star Trey Young appears on SmackDown as he allies with the Heels, believe it or not, in a tag team match. Atlanta Hawks star Trey Young made his return to Madison Square Garden on SmackDown, backing up the heels in a 10-man tag team match. Young, who shut down the New York Knicks in the NBA playoffs, appeared on tonight's show to corner Sami Zayn, Apollo Crews, Dolph Ziggler, Robert Roode, and Otis in a match against the Mysterios, Big E, Rick Boogs, and Shinsuke Nakamura. Young got the, unex- got the expected boost from the crowd and got involved in the match, 
choking Rey Mysterio against the ropes before he was ejected from the ringside area. The babyfaces actually won the match soon after that. And, of course, there are some tweets, of course, talking about this. You can go back on this page and, and read some of those tweets that came out from WWE. Jeremy Thomas posted this story here tonight. As apparently we have an update ahead of SmackDown, we have an update, believe it or not, about Sasha Banks. A new report has some details about Sasha Banks' status ahead of tonight's episode of SmackDown. Fightful Select reports that Banks was seen at Madison Square Garden, which is the site, of course, of tonight's show, which is going on right now. Although she's not, she's not on early on-screen rundowns for tonight's show. It is important to note that this, is, that this does not mean Banks is guaranteed not to appear because not everything that happens on screen is listed in the rundowns. Banks has been advertised locally and on Madison Square Garden's website for tonight's show, but she has not been officially announced as appearing on the show. So, so we'll just have to wait and see, of course, obviously. Um, we'll just, of course, have to wait and see, of course, what will happen, of course, with that here tonight. But I'm sure the WWE Universe does demand an answer from Sasha Banks, and I'm, and of course, obviously, they'll they'll probably do something about that here very very soon. Jeremy Thomas posted this story tonight, as NXT stars and more were backstage at tonight's edition of SmackDown. Several NXT stars, along with a long, along with a long absent from TV WWE star, were backstage at tonight's SmackDown, according to a new report. PW Insider reports that Austin Theory, Odyssey Jones, and Rick Steiner's son, Bronson Rick Steiner, were all backstage at tonight's taping in Madison Square Garden. Also backstage at the show, according to the site, is Riddick Moss, who hasn't been seen since September of last year. Moss has been out of action with an ACL tear. He was backstage at a Raw taping in August, but he did not appear. No word on if these four will be used at the taping whether in dark matches or otherwise. Finally, the site notes that Sasha Banks and Rhea Ripley were backstage. The site notes that the Raw stars at the show will be used in dark segments. So, okay, so there's there's a little bit of a story. There's a little bit of a story, of course, here about that. 411 Mania, of course, as you know, tonight is, is of course, providing their own coverage of tonight's edition of SmackDown. If you wish to go on there, and um, if you um, if you wish to go on there and uh, um, see what they have to say about tonight's show and all that, their their thoughts and opinions are always quite interesting. I've actually read some of them before. They're very good indeed. So definitely check that out. Jeremy Thomas posted this story here tonight as Randy Randy Couture talks about on how Gable Stevenson would uh, would do in the UFC, and also talks about his new movie. Gable Stevenson is headed to WWE, and Randy Couture has weighed in on whether he would have, he would be a success in the UFC too. As previously reported, WWE announced that Stevenson has signed a contract with them. Stevenson also had interest from the UFC, and Couture talked about how Stevenson would have done in a new interview with Wrestling Inc. Here are some highlights on how Stevenson would do in the UFC. Couture says he obviously has wrestling skills. When it comes to grappling, there are a few sides to the coin. A lot of these jujitsu guys are very comfortable on their butt, on their back, and very adept 
at finding ways to get you out of position and submit you from there. I think that is something Gable would have to get used to, which is putting himself on his back and learn how to operate from there. He's he's amazingly athletic. Obviously, he does the backflip as a celebration routine after his victories. I mean, how many guys that size can do that? He's ridiculously athletic. If you give him enough time, he's a diligent enough guy to figure it out. I think the striking will come second nature to him. He can pick that up like every other wrestler I know and be adept enough to get his hands on guys and make them and make them wrestle him. And then his opponents are going to have a real problem. Also in his new movie, The Manson Brothers Midnight Zombie Massacre, Couture says, It's an interesting cross of the pro wrestling world with our two main characters, played by Chris Margitis and Mike Carey, who actually who actually developed the script. They were actual pro wrestlers at a high level. Now they're on a downhill downhill slide. The characters of the Manson Brothers dropped to the B-League, but still trying to make a living at their craft. One of the other pro wrestlers on the circuit is experimenting with Chinese growth hormones, but those hormones are tainted and cause them to basically start devouring people, and everyone bitten turns into zombies, and you know the story from there. The Manson Brothers have to rescue the day and kill a bunch of zombies. Maybe a little parallel to what's going on in the world, or maybe not. It's definitely fun. So, so there's some th- thoughts there, of course, there as well. And also, of course, Randy Couture is supposed to be a part of the fourth Expendables movie coming out, hopefully very soon, too. So we can't wait to see, of course, what happens there. Because Randy Couture has always been one of the original members of the uh, cast of the Expendables, too, and has been very good at it. Jeremy Thomas posted this story right here. As Tony Khan has confirmed, that AEW All Out pay-per-view topped 200,000 buys. Tony Khan has confirmed that AEW All Out passed the 200,000 buy rate level, making it their biggest show to date with ease. Busted Open Radio released a clip in which Khan confirmed some numbers that have been floating around, saying the show did well over 200,000 buys. Khan had said on Monday, the morning after the pay-per-view, that it was the most watched AEW pay-per-view ever, but had not confirmed any ballpark numbers before now. The previous record for AEW pay-per-views was actually Revolution, which drew about 125,000 buys. Uh, Busted uh, Busted Open Radio's Twitter account posted today, our pay-per-view did well over 200,000 buys, and there's, of course, saying, at Tony Khan announces the success of hashtag AEW All Out with at David LaGreca1 and at the Mark Henry on Tony Time this morning at AEW, hashtag AEW, hashtag AEW Rampage, hashtag AEW Dynamite. So you can check out, of course, that tweet there as well if you wish to go back and read it. With some other links on there, of course, here as well. And, of course, obviously, of course, with uh, Adam Cole and Brian Danielson, of course, obviously showing up, and, of course, several other factors, that's always been the case. Jeremy Thomas posted this story here today as Adam Cole shows love for, of course, as you know, he was a part of that up, up, down, down that Xavier Woods was doing. Adam Cole shows love for the Party Brothers and also Xavier Woods and the, and, and company actually react to that. Adam Cole's days in up, up, down, down the party may be done due to his coming to AEW, but he'll always be remember, he'll, he'll always remember and love his experience there. Cole posted to Twitter on Thursday to express his appreciation for Xavier Woods, Tyler Breeze, and Cesaro, 
who are all part of the regular gaming group that appeared on Woods' Up, Woods's Up, Up, Down, Down channel. Cole, Cole wrote the following. I love and will always love hashtag the party. Thank you to everyone. We have formed a bond for life, not just with ourselves, but with you all. At Austin Creed wins. At mm, Gorgeous. At WWE Cesaro. Cole's farewell brought out reactions from his departed brethren. Of course, you can see right here. Of course, Adam Cole did say say a couple of things here. Um, Tyler Breeze, of course, posted the hashtag the party and also a a picture, of course, on his Twitter account. Um, of course, Xavier Woods posted two truths and a lie. I don't enjoy chicken parm parmesan. I cried for 20 minutes today over the current status of an Uno game. And I worked out today. Actually, he said it was like two truths and a lie. So, so, so I guess it's probably just leaving it up to you which one, which two are the truths and which one is the lie. So there you have it right there. But who knows? There may be something big probably on the horizon for that here very, very soon. Jeremy Thomas posted this story today as there are some more details on Brian Danielson's AEW contract. <clears throat> A new report has some details on Brian Danielson's AEW contract, with it apparently being a multi-year deal on the latest Wrestling Observer Radio, it was noted that Danielson's deal with the company is for three years. The deal would put Danielson under contract until 2025, if accurate, at which time he should be about 44 years old. As noted, as noted yesterday, WWE's negotiations for a new deal would have allowed Danielson to work dates in New Japan, and the decision for him to leave WWE was a tough one. It was noted that Danielson is a big fan of Vince McMahon as a person, and that the door remains open for him to return to WWE once his AEW deal expires. So apparently, Brian, who knows, Daniel Bryan, you know that version of him may, may pop back up again sometime in the near future. You never know. But we'll just have to wait and see. It'll be a long time before that happens, I guess. Jeremy Thomas posted this story to, uh, tonight as EC3 scoffs at the Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor taking place at the 2300 Arena and also says Nostalgia is dead. EC3 knows that ROH's Death Before Dishonor is taking place from the legendary 2300 Arena. Of course, that was the former ECW Arena. But he doesn't care about the historic implications. EC3 will be a part of a fatal four-way match at the show this weekend with the ROH world title on the line battling Brody King, Bandito, and Flamita. During an interview with the Straight Shooters podcast, he scoffed at the idea at the former ECW arena's significance. EC3 said, okay, like, whatever. Uh, he said this regarding the building. It is a building. No, I had a shirt made for it. I'm sick of wrestling. We're, we're, we so desperately want something new. I want this new guy to be pushed. I want this new company to succeed. New, 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 new. But then we only talk about the past. We're obsessed with the past nostalgia. Nostalgia is dead. Of course, EC3, you couldn't be more wrong about that. He continued, so yeah, 2300 Arena, big deal. History took place there. That doesn't matter because history is written by the winners. So history will take place this Sunday when I'm the victor, the Ring of Honor champion. But also, also, but also it meant nothing to me. I wore a shirt. I made a shirt. It says, nuke the bingo hall on it. 
because at this point, who cares? That was 25 years ago. Get over it. Nothing matters but the current and the present. The longer we live in the past, the longer it's going to have control over us. Well, who cares what you think? So, and no, it wasn't my first time there. I actually showed up at a House of Hardcore event once and got 619 by Rey Mysterio, who I still want to take his head for or his eye, of course, his other eye. Also, of course, ladies and gentlemen, uh, of course, these, this uh, Straight Shooters podcast, there's a, there's, a, uh, there's a spot here where you can actually um, actually pull up the interview that they did with, um, with EC3, of course, talking about uh, uh, about and, and which, of course, they talked to EC3 about the Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor event. So you can come on this page that I just read and uh, look at, of course, to what look at, of course, what they have to uh, what he had to say right there. So, but of course, EC3 could not be more wrong because, like I said, without the past, you would not have a future. So, 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 take that in your pipe and smoke it, EC3. Blake Lavelle posted this story here today. As Al Snow um, saves a child from a rip from a riptide at a Florida beach, hmm. TMZ reports that former WWE and ECW star Al Snow recently performed a heroic act by saving a child from an ocean riptide at Santa Rosa Beach in Destin, Florida. Speaking to TMZ, Snow said that he heard a young boy yelling and screaming while he was in the ocean, and when looking around, he saw the boy being pulled away by the current. Snow didn't realize the lifeguard would not be able to reach the child in time, so he took action to save him. I made it, thank God, Snow said, and I caught him just by the arm, just as a wave started to pull him even further out. But I hadn't grabbed him. I think he had probably went out to sea. That would have been it. I was able to stay up and hand, hand him off to the lifeguard. And I met him way back across to my friend, and we went up on the beach, and I felt like I was about to collapse. I was exhausted. Neither the child nor Snow suffered any injuries during the incident, of course, thank goodness. And Snow mentioned that the child's mother cried and thanked him repeatedly for his actions. Of course, Al Snow posted on his Twitter uh, on a couple of tweets here today. Uh, number one, he says, of course, thank you. And of course, number two, he says, thank you. I was just in the right place and time to help. So, of course, our... Uh, our uh, our hands up our hands out to of course uh, the EC3 right there a very heroic act indeed. Joseph Lee posted this story here today as EC3 wanted a horseman esque stable after WWE. In an interview with Cage Side Seats, EC3 revealed that he, FTR, and Drake Maverick wanted to form a horseman esque stable after their time in WWE. He said the following. There were ideas thrown around when we wanted to create some, some things before the narrative was full tilt. There was an idea for a horseman-esque kind of thing we tossed around and played with, but the pandemic prevented one of our days to travel and shoot stuff. FTR went their way, I went my way, and Drake returned to WWE. What a good idea that was. I was kind of hesitant, too. I was kind of hesitant, too, because I don't look that part anymore, and I'm doing this, but that would have been awesome. FTR is the best tag team in the world, and Drake is one of the greatest wrestling brains in the world. I'm the I'm all around the best body, best mind, best personality, best looks, best facial facial hair. It would have been money. I think it, I think I would have wanted to call it 
rich. That, that would have been interesting. I would have loved to have seen that. Our next story right here, Joseph Lee posted this story. As WWE is apparently selling a new Ric Flair Legacy Championship. Hmm. WWE has announced that they are selling a new Ric Flair Legacy Championship Collector's title in the WWE shop with only 500 available. The belt is currently available for pre-order and is priced at $999.99. So basically we're looking at $1,000 here. It would begin it would be, begins to ship on November the 5th. Of course, and only 500 individually numbered titles will ever be produced, and each comes in its very own diamond collector's case. And an unmatched career to span over 30 years with stops in the AWA, NWA, WCW, and WWE, Flair amassed an incredible 16 World Heavyweight Championship title reigns. But he will perhaps always be better remembered by those who loved him or just loved to hate him as the Nature Boy. Of course, a larger-than-life, styling, profiling, limousine, riding, jet flying, kissing, wheeling, dealing, son of a gun. Whether in designer suits, outlandish robes, or shoes that cost more than your house, Ric Flair always left an indelible impression wherever he went. WWE Shop is honoring the legacy of Ric Flair with the latest entry in the Legacy Championship Series line, developed to celebrate the legacy and achievements of some of the most prolific superstars in WWE history. Exclusively available at WWE Shop, only 500 of these titles will ever be offered for sale, making it an absolute must-have for collectors and fans alike. This custom-crafted limited edition title has a real leather strap containing 58 Swarovski crystals housed in a special diamond case. You'll be saying, diamonds are forever, and so is Ric Flair. Each Legacy Championship title comes with a custom Ric Flair robe, to make you really feel like the nature boy. The strap has undergone a special printing technique that matches iconic ring gear, featuring the phrases limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, and son of a gun. The custom main plate has 16 Swarovski crystals to celebrate all of Ric Flair's 16 championship victories. The title is truly a must-have for all Ric Flair fans. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you've got $1,000 laying around, you might be able to want to try to get one of these belts before they, of course, are gone forever. Because only 500 of them are ever going to be produced. Joseph Lee posted this story tonight. As, of course, Adam Cole t- on talking about joining AEW, he says, I don't see how you couldn't want to be part of it. During an appearance on Busted Open Radio via FIFL, Adam Cole spoke about joining AEW and how excited he was to make his debut with the company at All Out this past Sunday. Here are some highlights. On his debut at All Out, Adam Cole says, It felt like a full circle moment in a lot of ways. I haven't gotten to share the ring with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega in a really long time. I was feeling very sentimental. Before I was about to come out, I was so overwhelmed with emotion that my legs were physically shaking. It wasn't even nerves. I was so excited for that moment, and that's why I'm going to try and relive it, relive it constantly in my head. I had such an amazing time. It was so cool and felt like all 13 and a half years led to that moment. On why he joined AEW, Cole says, there are so many factors and I could go on and on. A few off the top of my head. Uh, You mentioned Tony Khan. Tony is such an incredible person, has such a love and passion for pro wrestling that is contagious. 
You can tell that he eats, sleeps, and breathes this stuff. That's great, especially when you're the one leading the charge for a company like AEW. On top of that, you have a locker room full of guys ready to do anything and everything to deliver the best match and segment possible. Maybe most important, you have rabid fans who so badly want AEW to succeed when you have a company that is going up to the plate and hitting a home run every single time, and you have fans that are satisfied and want you to hit that home run. That's that magical atmosphere that so many talk about. <clears throat> I've watched AEW from the very beginning and watching the product grow and turn into the excellent pro wrestling company that it is. I don't see how you couldn't want to be a part of it. So. And one more story here before we switch it over to the history and birthday reports here. Joseph Lee posted this story here tonight as apparently WWE is reportedly not happy with Mick Foley's AEW comments, which, of course, that, that really wouldn't surprise me. It was reported earlier this week that Mick Foley spoke about how AEW presents a big problem for WWE and that it's becoming a more attractive place for wrestlers to work. Andrew Saharian of the Matt Men podcast noted that there are some in WWE who were not happy with Foley for making the, the comments. Saharian noted via Wrestling Inc. that there is an unspoken rule... In the, in, in, w, in the WWE, that WWE legends are not supposed to speak negatively about the company. Foley's comments were taken that way by some in the company. Of course, he is currently on a legends deal, referred, by, referred to by some as a nostalgia contract. So we will, of course, like I said, keep on monitoring this and see what, and of course, see what, uh, <clears throat> obviously, what, um, uh, well, of course, what we'll develop there with that, see if WWE is going to probably say something else, of course, obviously, to Mick Foley, or if Foley is going to probably take some more action against WWE. But either way, it's going to be a war of the words here for probably for quite some time here. Of course, for a man who's just simply just stating his thoughts, true thoughts and opinions about certain things. Um, but, of course, we will, of course, keep you informed about all of that. There you have it for your wrestling news and views here, of course, here for this evening. We do, as always, thank our friends at 411 Mania for allowing us to read those stories, as always. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, we do give kudos to our 2017 Hall of Fame News Tag Team, King Ice. Of course, King and W.O., Gerard T. Smith, and the Iceman, Jared D. Geralamo, and bringing all the news that's fit to print here in the WWUS Radio Network. And, of course, if the news doesn't fit, they always find a way to make it fit. <clears throat> and of course, in GTS's case, super glue and duct tape, you cannot beat that old fashioned combination, nor have we never ever tried to do so in the past six years. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I do see that John is still, of course, getting our the first volley of our wrestling and pop culture history and birthdays up. So let's see what, of course, he has, what he, of course, has to say right here. Uh, of course, here, as he could, of course, continue to work on works on here, we'll go ahead and get started here and give him some time to get some more, a lot more stuff up and going. So let's see what he has here, what he has here for his portion, of course, here of the, uh, of the, uh, of course, the, uh, um, Bert history and birthdays for today, September the 10th. On this date in 1980, in Otsu, Japan, Harley Race defeats the Giant Baba to win the NWA Heavyweight title for the fifth time. 
on his day in 1988 in Philadelphia, NWA United States Tag Team Champions of Midnight Express defeated Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard of the Four Horsemen to win the NWA World Tag Team titles and surprisingly only and so and the only surprisingly the only this is the only time they did it. The win for the Midnight Express made them the first duo to hold both the NWA United States and World Tag Team titles at the same time. Interesting story with this one. At the time of the match, Turner Broadcasting was conducting interviews with people associated with Jim Crockett Promotions as part of their due diligence in buying out the promotion, which they would do two months later. The interviews were kept confidential, at least that's what the idea was supposed to be. Tully Blanchard had an unfavorable opinion about Dusty Rhodes, who just so happened to be the head booker at the time. You could, of course, actually, you could probably guess where this might be going. The comments somehow got back to Rhodes and Tully, who, along with Arn, was already having issues with Crockett concerning their pay, gave their immediate resignation notice. They were given the option to drop the title on that night or not at all, basically be stripped of them post-release. The duo chose the former. That's how a change marked the end of an era in the NWA as Anderson and Blanchard left for the WWF, essentially breaking up and arg- breaking up arguably the most successful incarnation of the Four Horsemen. Of course, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard would, of course, come to the WWF and be known as the Brain Busters. <clears throat> and under the management of Bobby Heenan, they would actually win the WWF Tag Team titles in July of 1989. As for the rest of the group, they would essentially go their separate ways soon enough. Longtime manager J.J. Dillon left for a front office position in the WWF in February 1989. Barry Windham and Ric Flair remained a duo until Windham left for a brief run in the WWF in June of 89 as the Widowmaker. Windham left due to personal reasons after just uh, four months. Flair stuck around until July 1991, by which time Arn Anderson had returned to the company. On this day, 1996, of course, Juanita Wright, who you might remember as... Uh, Sapphire, or she used to be called Sweet Sapphire, sadly passed away at the age of 61. Of course, as you remember, Sapphire was best known in her wrestling career being Sweet Sapphire uh, with Dusty Rhodes in 1989 and 1990. She would leave the WWF after turning on Dusty Rhodes and joining Ted DiBiase. On a stay in 1997, Jack Atkinson, best known as Fritz Von Erich, of course, the father figure of the Von Erich family, Sadly, passed away at the age of 68. If if a lot of people do, do, do if, if a lot of people does remember the Von Erich family, you probably would know, of course, about WCCW. Von Erich wrestled for WCCW until his retirement match in 1982 against King Kong Bundy. Fritz, of course, who had five sons: Kerry, Kevin, Mike, Chris, and David, who were a part of WCCW. But of course, they lost their lives from 1984 to 1993. Person was David Von Erich when he was on a tour of Japan and sadly died in a hotel room. Of course, David Von Erich died of ruptured intestines resulting from an acute enteritis. He passed away during a tour on February 10, 1984, with All Japan Pro Wrestling before he was going to, among other matches, defend the United National Championship belt he had won in Texas seven days before. Three months later, Kerry Von Erich honored David by winning the NWA World Heavyweight title over Ric Flair. Three years later, another Von Erich member would lose his life, as it would be Mike Von Erich on April 12, 1987. And in 1991, Chris Von Erich would be the next victim. And sadly, in 1993, of course, Kerry Von Erich 
would pass away. Of course, he was in the WWF for a short time as a Texas Tornado, even held their inter, even held the Intercontinental title for a short time. Of course, the only Von Erich brothers still living to this day is Kevin Von Erich, is the only one that's still living. On this day in 2001, on Raw's War from San Antonio, Texas, three titles changed hands as Tajiri did defeat Chris Canyon to win the WCW United States title, and Kurt Angle defeated RVD to pick up the, heart, the WWF Hardcore title, only to lose it back to RVD after Stone Cold Steve Austin threw him off the stage despite losing the championship. Uh, the win makes Angle a Grand Slam champion. This was the night before 9-11 started and technically it would be the last ever episode of Raw is War. This is the the the, 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 the is war part of the name was dropped from the title by the next show at WWF's flagship simply being known as Raw. It's been that way, of course, ever since. On a state in 2002 in Minneapolis, Minnesota at a SmackDown taping, Brock Lesnar defeats Hardcore Holly in a non-title match. In the middle of the match, Brock used a botched powerbomb, breaking Hardcore's neck. Hardcore would have a 13-month hiatus after that. Also featured the first appearance of The Undertaker's then-wife, Sarah, since 2001. That would also be her last appearance, of course, as well. As she was harassed by Heyman and Brock Lesnar, and Brock putting his hand on her unborn child, saying, Life's a... The B word, everybody knows what I'm saying. But that's not all. Of course, that Billy and Chuck also did, did of course, actually a gay marriage commitment ceremony. But Billy and Chuck revealed it was a publicity stunt that had gone too far. And they admitted they, they were, of course, they were not homo. They were hetero. Of course, we can't say the same thing about JD, but, I mean, we, we, won't, we won't go that far. Uh, Billy and Chuck's ceremony would soon be interrupted by Raw's Eric Bischoff, who disguised himself as the priest officiating the wedding, leading three-minute warning and Rico to attack Stephanie McMahon. On a day in 2007 from Green Bay, Wisconsin, Hornswoggle was the illegitimate son of Vince McMahon. The role was, origi- was originally given to Mr. Kennedy, but just over a week earlier, Kennedy would be suspended suspended as he as having purchased performance-enhancing drugs. On a day in 2012, Bret Hart makes his first appearance in Montreal, Monday Night Raw, since November 9, 1997, that story would be a distant second to real-life events by the end of the night. After teaming up with Randy Orton in a successful victory over champion CM Punk and Dolph Ziggler, Jerry Lawler returned to the commentary table with Michael Cole while a tag team number one contenders match occurred between with Kane and Daniel Bryan against the primetime players. Lawler and Cole were doing commentary then in the middle of the matches, the primetime players were taking control of Daniel Bryan. Some snoring was heard, and it was Lawler's. And of course, of course, here is of course, at the end, and according to John, this is what he saw. Lawler was slumped over in the commentator's position as Michael Cole was trying to help him. A WWE doctor was also there on the seat of Michael Sampson sitting nearby. Lawler was was administered CPR, and his life was saved. The remainder of the show went on without commentary that Michael Cole announces as the show closes that he was breathing on his own and was responding. Of course, as you know, Lawler undergoes angioplasty the next day and back home in Memphis the following Monday. <clears throat> During his hospital stay, it was determined that it was an unexpected cardiac arrest that caused his heart that caused his heart attack and not a blocked artery. 
Lawler returned home as both Jim Ross and JBL were his temporary replacements until returning in November of 2012. And although he had not worked a match in WWE since his heart attack, he has worked a few dates on the independent circuit. On the state in 2019, SmackDown returned to Madison Square Garden for the first time in, since 2009. Of course, the first television Madison Square Garden appearance of The Undertaker since 2009 of that year, of course, as well. Happy 28th birthday, of course, to Sarah Logan. Happy 45th birthday to Matt Morgan. Happy 41st birthday to the man who actually just recently defeated Nick Aldis for the NWA World's Heavyweight title, ending his reign at 1,043 days. And former three-time WWE Tag Team Champion, of course, with the late Lance Cade. I'm talking about Trevor Murdoch. Happy 72nd birthday to former two-time Intercontinental Champion, the Magnificent One himself, the original Rock, Don Morocco. Morocco's second reign as Intercontinental Champion was 385 days. Also, Morocco was the 1985 King of the Ring. And also, not to forget, he also was a part of Fuji Vice when Mr. Fuji was managing him. Morocco would have a feud with Jimmy Superfly Snuka in 1983 in a steel cage match, and where he was a part of the, uh, of, of, the, of the big Superfly splash as well. Morocco left the WWF by the end of 1988 and was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2004. Here is some uh, pop culture history and birthdays. On his date in 1608, John Smith is elected president of the Jamestown uh, County Council in Virginia. On say 1776, George Washington asked for a spy volunteer, Nathan Hale volunteers. On say 1785, the United States. On say 1846, Elias Howe takes out a U.S. patent for a lock stitch sewing machine. On say 1858, John Holden hits the first recorded home run. On say 1884, Congressman John R. Lynch presides over the Republican National Convention. On the state in 1894, London taxi driver George Smith is the first to be fined for drunk driving. On the state in 1897, the Latimer Massacre, a sheriff's posse kills 20 unarmed immigrant miners in Pennsylvania, believe it or not. I think uh, some people who were related to J.D.'s family probably were part of that. I'm not sure, but. But, I mean, maybe J.D. might know something about that since it was in Pennsylvania. I'm not sure. On a state in 1913, the Lincoln Highway opens as first paved, the first paved coast-to-coast highway. On a state in 1918, the Boston Red Sox and Chicago Cubs players threaten to boycott the World Series unless they are guaranteed a $2,500 to the winners and $1,000 each for the losers. On a state in 1919, Cleveland Indians pitcher Ray Caldwell no hits to New York Yankees 3-0 at the Polo Grounds in New York City. Also on that same day, John J. Pershing and soldiers are welcomed home to New York City, of course, as well. I'm going to say 1922, New York Yankees played their farewell home games at the Polo Grounds.
And also, they win both games of a doubleheader against the Philadelphia Athletics. They actually moved to the Yankee Stadium the following season. I want to say in 1924, the Giants ripped the Boston Braves 22-1 to at the Polo Grounds. And plus, we also heard that even as we speak, while SmackDown's on the air right now, J.D. was actually spanking his monkey. <laughs> okay. uh, of course, I don't know if anybody wanted to hear that, but hey, I just heard that. So. I want to say in 1932, Johnny Frederick from the Dodgers hits his sixth pinch hit home run of the season. I want to say 1937, the second American Football League plays their first game as uh, L.A. wins, beats Pittsburgh 21 to nothing. I want to say 1937, the Cleveland Rams play their first NFL game as they lose uh, 28 to nothing. I'm not sure who they lost the game to, but... Uh, I want to say 1944, Lieutenant General Frederick Browning against Montgomery. But, sir, I think we might be going a bridge too far. I want to say 1945, Mike the Headless Chicken, who's actually JD in disguise, is decapitated in Fertitia, Colorado. He survives for 18 months before choking to death. So I guess that's where the phrase choking the chicken came from. I don't know. Uh, wah, wah, wah. Okay, that was bad. I want to say 1950, and apparently no one seems to find it funny, so there you go. I want to say 1950, Joe DiMaggio becomes the first to hit three home runs in a game at Griffin, Griffith Stadium. I want to say 1955, Gunsmoke premieres on CBS. Believe it or not, the very first episode of Gunsmoke, who would introduce it, by the way? The legendary Duke himself, John Wayne. I'm not kidding. He did. I actually read something about that. I want to say, 1956, the Louisville, Kentucky public school system integrates. I want to say, 1960, New York Yankee Mickey Mantle Hit 643 home runs over right field roof in Detroit. Uh. On the say 1961, uh, Mickey Mantle becomes seventh uh, player to hit home run number 400. I, actually, that actually the one in 1960, it was a 600, it was 643 feet, I think it was. I want to say 1963, the Phillies beat the Colts, the Colt 45s, I should say, 16 to nothing. Also, on that same day, Stan Musial hits a home run in his first bat, as he became officially also became a grandfather. Yes, that was uh, congratulate, worth big time there indeed, a long time ago indeed. I want to say 1965, the Phillies' 10,000th game to a decision since 1900 as the Phillies defeat, beat the Cards. 
Just like I did here after the show last night, Justin did go to Pittsburgh and actually spanked JD with a paddle. <clears throat> and JD could kind of have been able to sit down all day. Hey, okay. I'll say 1966, the Beatles Revolver album goes number one and stays number one for six weeks in the United Kingdom. Also on that same day, Muhammad Ali Ted, uh, TKO's Carl Mildenberger in 12 for the heavyweight boxing championship. Smoking Justin Fleming. Okay. On the stage in 1967, Joel Horland of the Chicago White Sox beats the Detroit Tigers in a no-hitter 6 to nothing. And he found out J.D. did go to the ballpark today, but he didn't have to carry any equipment because he already had his balls and his bat and his pants. Hey, okay. No, I'm, no, I'm just joking. Anyway, I'll just say in 1969, the New York Mets sweep the Montreal Expos, putting them in first place for the very first time. I'll say in 1974, Lou Brock ties and sets baseball stolen base mark. On say 1975, Daryl Sittler is named captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And also, the rock band Kiss releases their first live album called Alive. Of course, you know, JD does go out sometimes painting his face, trying to look like Gene Simmons all the time. On say 1977, the Blue Jays beat the Yankees 19-3. With 20 hits. As one of their old songs used to go, JD likes to lick it up. Hey! Oh. <laughs> okay, I'm just joking. Um, some bad puns tonight. I don't know why I'm coming up with all this. That's crazy. I want to say 1978, the fourth game of the Boston Massacre with the New York Yankees beating the Red Sox 7-4 to to tie for American League East. First place, Yanks out hit Arch rivals 67 to 21. They score 42 to 9. Hmm. I'll say 1980. Bill Gullickson sets rookie record of striking out 18. I want to say 1984, the very first episode of the syndicated version of Jeopardy was uh, premiered with, of course, the one and only Alex Trebek as the host. And, of course, he would remain host until he passed away, I do believe, last year. So. Of course, there's still a little bit of debate about, about who's going to be the next host of that. They're going to do the guest host thing again. So. Although a lot of people are still calling... Still really in pretty much kind of in favor of saying, why not get, put LeVar Burton in that position? But I don't know if they're going to do that now or not. I want to say 1989, five days after hitting a home run for the Yankees and a 12-2 win over the Mariners, Major League Baseball and NFL player Deion Sanders returns a punt 68 yards for a touchdown. It is his first, believe it or not. Also in that same day, Browns allow Pittsburgh only 53 net yards. A team defensive record.
On say 1990, Eric Dickerson rushes for 106 yards against San Francisco to become the fastest player to top the 10,000-yard plateau. It's his 91st career game. And also the Hard Rock Cafe opens in Las Vegas on this day here as well. And we did hear J.D. did go over there and get drunk. So <clears throat> and the first time that the New York Yankees are completely swept as Oakland beat them 12 games to zero. Hmm. I want to say 1991, Nirvana releases their single, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Of course, it's often dubbed the anthem of Generation X. Of course, a lot of people think that it's the same music used for, that Diamond Dallas Page used for his theme in WCW. It almost sounds just like it. I want to say 1993, The X-Files actually debuts on Fox. And of course, their first episode was they tried to explain why JD never wears any pants. <laughs> yeah. I'll say in 1995, the Browns and Indians play simultaneous regular season games in Cleveland for the only time. Both win Browns 22 to 6 versus Tampa and the Indians 5 to 3 versus the Orioles. Not bad. On his date in 1997, Mark McGuire joins Babe Ruth as the only players to hit 50 home runs in two consecutive years. In 2002, Switzerland would join the United Nations, and because they did that, Switzerland offered every single country free chocolate. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. I want to say 2017, Hurricane Irma makes landfill. We found out later that actually JD called Irma up and Irma got upset, and so that's why she blew all over everything. So JD ruined a good relationship. Hey, okay, okay, no, that's just terrible. Yeah, bad joke, bad joke. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which I think that's, that's, that's what Justin modeled his life after, I think, premieres on, premiered on this date in 1990. And if he heard me, I'm just kidding. Okay. <clears throat> and of course, by the way, if he also maybe he might hear this. <laughs> the movie Hellraiser was released on this date in 1997. I'm just feeling pretty good today, folks. I mean, I'm just trying to let off a little steam. So that's all. But all this is not intentional. This is all just jokes. 
and Mr. Universe was released on this date in Some NASCAR history on this day in 2005. Kurt Busch wins the Chevy Rock and Roll Race for Rock and Roll 400. I do believe that was in Richmond. I think um, I'm sure John can confirm that. I want to say 1994, Terry Labonte wins wins at Richmond, as I believe as well. So I believe this what that that Rock and Roll 400 okay, did take place in Richmond. Okay, probably I think so. I want to say 1989, Rusty Wallace wins at Richmond. And John said so. He's got here today for today's wrestling history, wrestling and pop culture history and birthday report. Of course, towards the end of tonight's edition of Revolution, ladies and gentlemen, we will, of course, hear uh, we will hear some additional wrestling and wrestling and pop culture history and birthdays, of course, from the soul man Justin Lewis Fleming. Of course, also as soon as he gets him, as soon as he rests up from dancing, just like Elvis Presley. But anyway, <clears throat> but we do thank John, of course, for for bringing us, of course, uh, his wrestling and pop culture history. And John says he's got one more moment here that is actually involving baseball. Let's see what he's got to say about here. On this date in the year 2000, on his 37th birthday, Randy Johnson becomes the 12th pitcher to strike out 3,000 batters. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. An excellent birthday present, of course, here indeed. So, ladies and gentlemen, we thank, John, we thank you very much for providing, of course, all that wrestling pop, and pop culture history and birthdays for tonight. And once again, we want to thank 411 Mania for allowing us to read what read their news, their wrestling news stories on that was on their page here tonight here as well. One six zero five five six two zero four 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 caller ID one three eight zero five five pound. This is episode number 1040 of WCWS Revolution. This is 9.52 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is, as I said, Friday, September 10th, 2021. Mr. WCWS, Chad Hinshaw on the line here with you, as well as the human suplex machine, of course, John Gross. Uh, <clears throat> as, of course, well, I think we were getting ready to welcome someone in. I think they, they'll probably be back here, George, here momentarily. In the meantime, before we, before we do that, John did add one more piece of... Uh, uh, um, one more piece of uh, pop culture history as well. I want to say 1985, Keith Hernandez also received a standing ovation from the New York Mets fans in his first game back at Shea after he had testified in a Pittsburgh courtroom. So we thank John for those additions, of course, right there. But, uh, of course, while we wait to, of course, uh, we, and like I said, we do have someone, of course, getting ready to pop on momentarily. In the meantime here, of course, uh, 
Uh, let's see, of course, if John has any personal thoughts and opinions about what has taken place thus far, of course, here on SmackDown. Um, Okay, John, we like to say we thank you very much. We'd like to, uh, did you have any, um, did you have, have any thing to add, of course, concerning what happened, what took place tonight on SmackDown? And John is saying he is reporting it to us right now. There is a demon alert at Madison Square Garden, and it is Finn Balor. John says, but great that SmackDown did return for the Madison Square Garden for the first time in about two years. Hmm. Okay. Okay. John says all he's got here for us, so we thank you very much here indeed. And we're still waiting, of course, they arrive. Once again, like I said, we do have someone standing by, givers getting ready to come on. Uh, but uh, we're waiting to see here if we can if we can try to reach out to this person and I think he's okay. I think we I think we're I think now we're about ready to bring him back in, bring him in here now. So uh let's see here. But while we wait, of course, okay, I think we might have him back. Now, let's go ahead and introduce him here now. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, he is the general manager of WCWS Fan Empire, of course, here on Facebook. He is also a member of the Gross and Stuffless Pro Wrestling Incorporated Facebook page. He is also, of course, part of the broadcast team, which brings you WCWS Sports Machine every Friday afternoon right here, of course, on TalkShoe.com. He also, of course, is... <clears throat> He also, of course, is a multiple-time title holder in our Trivia Championship Series. Uh, he is also, of course, here, ladies and gentlemen, known as the man with the golden voice. Of course, he has proven that time and time again on all of our shows here, of course, here in the past. And also, of course, uh, 
ladies and gentlemen, of course, here tonight, he likes to don certain uh, costumes, of course, talking about some of his favorite, uh, his favorite um, uh, musical personalities, because he is a music, he is a musical prodigy, if you will, and of course, uh, of course, we kind of combine a little bit here and there and all that, about that sometime. Um, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I think in the fact that, of course, a TV show started by this man premiered on this date uh, 31 years ago here tonight. I figure appropriate that tonight that this gentleman is going to be, of course, coming in looking like he, we now we're going to refer to him tonight as the Fresh Prince, we'll say. So he's done in the sunglasses and all that, doing the retro outfit like he used, like they used to say in the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, of course. Uh, of course. <clears throat> And, of course, he is one heck of a DJ there, of course, ladies and gentlemen. So, of course, like I said, we got the Fresh Prince with us here tonight. Uh, of course, he also is probably is not going to do the twist for Chubby Checker here. I think he's going to retire the twist very, very soon and all that stuff. But, of course, uh, but we just found out that that outfit that he's wearing tonight is actually going to look more like he is a man in black, if you will. And I'm sure he knows what I mean when I say that. Of course, but ladies and gentlemen, one thing you cannot take away from this man, of course, obviously he still has the likeness of both Arsenio Hall and Lionel Richie. Every time you see him walking down, up and down the streets of Indianapolis, Indiana, of course, he always got to do this right here. Hello. And let you know that, of course, he'll even probably remind you, remind you about that himself sometimes. I don't know. But hey, I can't talk, I can't say what he, he'll do, but he normally does a lot of things. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and welcome him. Welcome him to episode number 1040 of Revolution. He's of course affectionately known also here as the Soul Man. He is Justin Lewis Fleming. Justin, we welcome you. Of course, like we said, episode Thank 1040 you. of Revolution. Thank you very much. You're of course here tonight here as well. And of course, unfortunately, I did get your paddle back that you used on JD last night after the show. I see that that actually broke in half. I did not realize JD's keister was that hard, but hey, um, <laughs> but we thought it was soft. I thought it was soft and pasty white. Yes, okay, <laughs> uh, no, but uh, but nevertheless, here we thank you for being on here, of course, here as well. John has added a couple more pieces of uh, pop culture history here. Uh, let me go ahead and read those right fast before we get into, of course, some wrestling talk. Uh, he says, on this day in 2014, we lost actor Richard Keel. He was actually, uh, he was the he was the one that played the character Jaws in the James Bond movie, The Spy Who Loved Me, in 1977. Uh, yep, also, right. uh, um, also, um, um, now, John, was, was Mr. Keel part of these other two movies you mentioned, or... Um, or he was in a Happy Gilmore. Um, Sandler. You okay? Okay, he was okay. Oh, I see. Okay. Also, of course, he was in the live-action version of Inspector Gadget in 1999, and as as Justin did reiterate, uh, the Adam Sandler movie Happy Gilmore in 1996. Also, of course, John. Also, believe it or not, he appeared with Clint Eastwood in the movie Pale Rider in 1985. So, um, so, so, um, so John, thank you very much here for, of course, that here as well. Of course, like we, like we said, uh, 
Also, we would lose uh, um, actor Lance Legault on this date in 2012. Uh, if you don't remember who that was, if you remember the TV show The A-Team, he played Colonel Decker from 1983 to 1986 on The A-Team. He was trying to go after The A-Team. Yeah, okay. But we lost him in 2012 on this day. So, but uh, but interesting, some interesting stuff here, of course, here indeed. Um, but of course, like I said, uh, we do thank John for continuing to bring a lot of these little interesting tidbits up. We do greatly appreciate that, of course, here as well. <clears throat> but uh, I'm sure, like I said here, we'd already heard Justin about some things that did. Uh, pop up here as far as, of course, what happened with SmackDown. Uh, now, let's like, get your take on it as well. If you have any thoughts or comments about anything that has taken place here tonight. Um, I did hear some things from JD earlier prior to coming on the revolution. Of course, even though I could probably barely hear him over the phone. Uh, but, of course, he might need to learn to try to probably turn up his volume sometimes. I don't know why he doesn't do that. Um Unless, of course, a speaker is blown in his phone or something. I'm not sure what's going on with that. Excuse me, but he was, of course, saying that, of course, I did read one part of it in the news was obviously that Brock Lesnar apparently, like I said, was kind of questioning what Paul Heyman's status is as far as where he stands or does he still stand with Roman Reigns or does he does he plan on, on some point down the line going back over to Brock and all that. Uh, but obviously, we thought we were going to see Brock Lesnar take out Paul Heyman, but apparently Roman came back to his aid and everything like that. But, uh, but, but John did mention something about Finn Balor. Uh, obviously, of course, Finn Balor is supposed to now be the one going after Roman Reigns for the universal title at extreme rules. And there's some been some, some talk that he may come back doing the demon character, but of course it has not, I don't know if it's been confirmed of course here or not. Justin, anything else in your personal opinion that has stand out that, uh, any thoughts about anything that has happened on SmackDown here tonight that you wish to bring up? Yeah, I heard the fans boo Becky. And, you know, this is why Fox is angry at WWE and Vince. It's his fault the fans are booing her in the contract signing between her and Bianca Belair. And this, is why, this is why she should have been on, been, on Smack, been on Raw, not SmackDown. She dropped the Raw Women's title to Oscar, and he's trying to write that off. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I hey, also heard somewhere... Right. Oh well, of course, the three, or as I like to, or as I like to, uh, as I like to, of course, affectionately call them now, the three Stooges. Uh, yeah, good. But of course, they're yeah, idiots. Yeah. Of course, of course, of course. Obviously, we would have to, of course, place. Uh, actually, believe it or not, we would have to place Bruce Pritchard in the role of Mo. We would have to place uh, Kevin Dunn in the vo- in the in the in, in the in the in the character of Larry and Vince McMahon would have to be known as Curly, because like I said, because because well, no just yeah because see no disrespect to the Three Stooges they were very very funny back in the day 
And I even watched some of that from back in the day too. They were hilarious. Yeah, same here. But, same here. But 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 Vince McMahon, of course, is acting kind of like Curly in the fact that he's acting like the stupidest one of the bunch. So, and Justin, every time you make that face, I feel like you're. You, you, I feel like that you either want to punch somebody in the face or you're going to fart. I don't know why you would make that face, <laughs> but you're doing a. Ladies and gentlemen, the small man has constipation on the air. <laughs> no, I, I'm sorry. It's it's the face, man. Okay, I'm sorry. It's a joke. Okay, it's a joke. I know. It's a joke. Okay, yeah. But anyway, anyway, obviously, um, I posted a story um, before. We might have somebody else on the line here, but I'll get to him in just a moment. But I'm going to bring this up right fast. I saw a story. I'm not sure who, who reported it, and I posted it to John's page. John, you may have probably seen this story as one of them I posted here today as what the what the possibility of what this new NXT set might look like now that's going to be under Vince McMahon's rule. And apparently it seems to look like a smaller version of the sets they're using now on the main roster. He's trying to make everything look the same, it looks like. That's what I mean. I mean, it is ridiculous. I, I know. Mean, I and I thought him. I thought him re, do, revamping the uh, ECW back in the day was bad, but this is now getting worse. I mean, this is um, this is, um, this is unbelievable. It's just crazy. But I think our next guest here may have probably a little uh, something else to say about it. Because I think he does. I think he will have. I think he will have it here indeed. Let me go ahead and uh, do, of course, the proper introduction as always, ladies and gentlemen. He is a three-time WCWS Hall of Famer. He is, of course, part of the broadcast teams for both Raw Radio on Monday afternoons and Sports Machine on Friday afternoons. Of course, right here on Talk Show. He is a multiple-time title holder in the Trivia Championship Series here. Of course, on and of course, here just earlier this week, he did pick up, of course, another championship belt to add to his collection. And of course, he's he is now the new NXT US Million Dollar Champion. Of course, Justin may have something to say about that a little bit later on, whenever they decide to do the match. But that's beside the point. Uh, but anyway, of course, ladies and gentlemen, he's a man that does tell it like it is when it comes to wrestling, sports, and everything like that in between. And he proves that he can actually do that without even having to. Without even having to, of course, wear a pair of pants, which I hope and pray to God that he is. Because if he isn't, uh, I'm going to barf. Okay, there you go. Uh, anyway, um, of course, he knows I'm just kidding. Uh, anyway, of course, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome to episode number 1040 of Revolution here tonight. Hailing from the great city and state of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He is, of course, ladies and, ladies and gentlemen, you might know him simply as just JD right here on our shows. But, of course, his real name is the Iceman himself, Jared D. Girolamo. J.D., we welcome you, of course, here to 1040 Revolution. Thank you very much here, of course, here for being a part of this here tonight. And I, and I think we all can really guess and guess here that you are probably going to have a boatload to probably get off your chest here. Oh, I'm going to have ending and then some. But before I get to that, let me just say first off, congratulations okay. goes out. To a master of genius, a master smart man, a man who today on Busted Open Radio told everyone in the world that they did over 200,000 
pay-per-view buys Sunday night in Chicago. The previous record had been set earlier this year with revolution of 125,000 of the exploding barbed wire death match. But when you have the American Dragon who's breathing fire and smoke, when you have Adam Cole, baby, and when you're ready to sparkle like a ruby, let's just say, and getting better and better. Oh yes, it was definitely a good night on Sunday night in Chicago. Now, before Um, we get to that, I am ready to tell you how I really feel about the Friday night show that happened in Madison Square Garden tonight. Some of it, I'm going to get a little emotional, maybe somewhat, but I'm also getting angry and ticked off. First off, let me begin by saying, of course, we all know where we were, I'm sure, that FIFA warning 20 years ago. There in New York City and in Shanksville and in Washington, the day that changed America. Fast forward the clock now, if you will, to two decades later. 14,425 people starting tonight. Okay, I get it that the Mutts and the Yankees are playing the Subway Series. It is an emotional time right now in this country and especially this weekend in New York. You could have had a much bigger crowd tonight in New York City, New York. In your own home base. Terrible. In your own home base of Madison Square Garden. What did you do? You put on a sleazy, slimy, narcissistic, Nosy, nebby show in the garden. And let's tell you how I really feel. Of course, the show started off with everyone's favorite, of course. The head of the table, if you will. The universal champion. The little rat boy that he has been for the past year and then some. When he's not gnawing on Paul Heyman's balls. Along with his cousins. Jackass Jey Uso. And the drunk. Joker Jimmy Uso, the bloodline. They said, however, who runs WWE? And of course, we all know Paul Heyman had his head up freaking Roman's balls and ass tonight, saying that he was the one who runs WWE. He also said, who runs Madison Square Garden, New York City? And of course, fans weren't too receptive of that. And of course, Roman went on to say, so MSG, acknowledge me. Yeah, Roman. Everyone will acknowledge you. Why don't you tell us for the past year or so how much ass you've been kissing with the Three Stooges. How much dick has Paul Heyman been sucking off on you for the past year being your little wacky little manager Stooge associate along with your cousins? And how many times have you gone out time after time by basically pulling it out of your ass and also sucking Vince's balls by getting everything handed to you on a silver fucking platter? But then... Became an angry beast. A beast slayer, if you will. A very no nonsense bully by the name of Mr. Lesnar. And of course, they showed Lesnar come out wearing jeans, a t shirt, and a flannel shirt, and then we saw what happened. 
And they cut out however, mind you, however, mind you, however. And of course, Brock wanted to give Mr. Heyman on his birthday a little present. And told him, I've got a question for you, Paul. Why didn't you tell Roman I was going to be at SummerSlam? Yeah, that's a good question. Why didn't you tell us, Paul Heyman? Why wasn't Roman notified about your former client at SummerSlam? Were you too busy playing rub my taint and rub my dick all over you and my ass for the past year and then some? And you were afraid to acknowledge that there was a very angry beast coming back for one thing and one thing only to do some damage and hurt somebody? Or were you just afraid that you would not have a good birthday weekend and you'd be spending sucking soup from a straw and maybe also losing some teeth in the process? Anyway, we saw what happened, of course. And of course, the segment came when basically the angry beast took down both Usos before Roman backpedaled a little bit. So Roman, what are you afraid of now? Tell us, champ. Tell us, Mr. Tribal Chief. What are you afraid of? Are you afraid that you're going to get your balls stomped on and basically maimed and destroyed and basically thrown around like a ragdoll like you've done time and time again by an angry dragon beast? Or are you going to find a way to have Paul Heyman along with your bloodline cousins find a way to get another cheap win and basically still stay the champ? Betting on the ladder. Anyway, we start the first match of the night, of course, with a 10-man tag. Big E, King Nekomar, Rick Boogs, and the Mysterios versus Slimebag, Shithead, Sleazebag, Sami Zayn, the overrated Ogre Otis, Kurt Angle 2.0, Clown Tad Angel, Robert, the glorious rat boy Robert Roode, Dickhead Dolph Ziggler with... Of course, Commander Aziz like the Mr. T Clubber Lang 2.0 of the WWE. And Sammy's surprise guest, Trey Young. Yes, Trey Young of the Atlanta Hawks, folks. Who I'm sure is going to get some ink and also some bad clippings, I'm sure, along the way. And in the end, Big E and company pull up the win, if you will. Afterwards, of course, we saw what happened when Kayla talked with Big E. And Big E said, however... He could cash in on Roman or Bobby. But who knows? He could show up on Raw and do it there. Too, if not on SmackDown. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. Then we go to the contract signing. Between Bianca Belair and my girl, Becky Lynch. Who came out looking all smug and confident and pompous and arrogant tonight. And finally, we can now say that this match is all but official. We can definitely now say this match is official. And of course, let's just say Becky was not in the best of moods tonight. And of course, she let her attitude dictate what she thought about Bianca, Pierce, and Sonya. As a result, the contract has been signed, it has been sealed, and now hopefully it'll deliver. So, Sasha Banks 2.0, this street prophet wife of Montez Ford, Bianca Belair, the EST of WWE. You think you're going to take my girl down and take back your what was once your property? Oh, honey, uh-uh, to quote your saying. Good luck trying to. Because now, 
you've got a very angry, a very pissed off Becky Lynch in Polini. I wish you good luck in your success. I really do. Well, I mean, well, 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 Bianca, I mean, this is a, um, I mean, Vince, 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 this is Vince's idea. He, she, she is, um, I mean, I mean, Bob, I mean, no, she, you know, is, is supposed to be on Raw. This, this, no, 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 you're wrong on that, Justin. You're quite wrong on that, from what I've heard. I don't think that's the case. You know whose fault it is. It's neither nor Becky, nor maybe Bianca. It's that blue-haired little crybaby, backstabbing, whiny little bitch-ass smurf, Sasha Banks, who once again decided to sit at home tonight and pout like a little girl, if you will, however. No, she was again, there, J.D. She was at Madison Square Garden. I read yeah, it earlier. Yeah, but where was she? Where she was, was she? Backstage. I didn't see her in the crowd. I didn't see her backstage. She was backstage. She was they said her and Rhea backstage. Ripley were backstage. I mean, yeah, but she was yeah, there. Yeah, that's all. But that's like all. Said, you, you could have had her come out JD tonight. Oh, really? Let me say. Let me say. Oh, no, hold, whoa, whoa. Let me say. Let me. Let me. Let me say. Let me say. Let me. Hold right. on. Hold on. Okay. I know. I know you're on a roll, JD. Let me. Let me. Let me. Let me mention this one point here. I read. Okay. I'm just telling you what I read and saw. Okay. Yeah. That that she was. Yes. Granted, she was not listed in their what they call rundown sheet for the show, but you know how sometimes. Any of those, any of the superstars there, you know, may come out there at a, a moment's notice, and, and it, even if, even if it's not necessarily part of their rundown sheet. So, like I said, you can you can't, you know, for the for one thing, you know, there's a pretty good possibility that there was a there would have been any possibility at all if, in fact, if Sasha Banks was not that much of a coward, she probably would have probably come come out there. But I think she's picking her. Picking her moment now, JD. Let me also reiterate one thing about this match here that's officially been made. That's been made official between Bianca and Becky Lynch. Okay, let's say Please. this. Okay, okay. Yes, I am still. I will admit this. I will say I am a Becky Lynch fan. She's still a cool female superstar, without a doubt, regardless of what of where WWE is taking her right now at this moment. I'm also a big fan of Bianca Belair because, like I said, she's gone through about all comers, you know, and trying to hold on to that championship and all that. You cannot deny also. Yeah, cannot I like Bianca. Her. Justin, wait a minute, Justin. Wait, 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 wait. Wait a minute. All right. But let me go ahead. Let me go ahead and tell you, I will, I will, I will say this on both fronts. You know, it will be, of course, a very interesting match, regardless of who pulls off the win here. If Bianca somehow is able to get by Becky Lynch and pulls it off again. A lot of people, I'm sure, like yourself, may end up being surprised. But I will, I will, I will go ahead. I will go ahead and say this: even if Becky Lynch does retain that belt at Extreme Rules over Bianca Belair, the one thing you may not be able to deny here, after, and I'm saying after Extreme Rules is over with, okay? That's what I'm saying. What I'm, yeah. what I'm telling you here is, is that. You will not be able to deny for a fact with the way Bianca Belair has been on a roll since WrestleMania. You will not be able to deny the fact oh, no that she would, she would give she will give Becky Lynch a run 
like you would not believe, even if she does not pull Definitely. it off. I That's agree. one thing Yo, you, that you can admit. Like that. I'm not disagreeing with your assessment of it. Everybody has the right to their opinion. I'm just saying it from my point of view that, like I say, even if Bianca does not pull it off, she's going to get Becky Lynch one heck of a run. It's probably one of her best challenges ever, ever since Becky Lynch regained that belt at SummerSlam. Agreed. No I'm, not, I'm not going to argue. I will, I will not disagree with you, and you're 100% right. There is, there's, there's a fair amount of truth in that. You are right about that. But like Hello, I said, do I like her as a heel? Yeah, I do. I like this new attitude of Becky's. I really do. And it's about time. It's about time that it came out of her. However, but I will say, but you're right though. The thing with, but the only thing with Sasha is, you've been advertised for five weeks in certain cities on certain shows. Quit playing the pity poor, piss poor, mopey act, okay? I mean, I understand you're bitter and you're not happy, okay? I get that, Sasha. Okay, I get that. But quit being so butthurt. Speaking of women, where in the blue hell was Naomi tonight? Where was Tony Storm? Oh, that's exactly. right. Vince doesn't use either one of them. This is the third week in a row you piss all over Naomi. Yeah, basically piss all over Tony Storm and have pissed all over since she came up to the goddamn main roster, except for that little brief little flirtation last week with dickhead douchebag Dolph Ziggler, which I hope to God they don't start doing that. My God. But anyway, we went to match number two. Edge versus Seth Rollins, which should have been the main event. This was good. But of course, who wins? Oh yeah, the architect, the shithead, the scumbag, the slimeball, the sleazehead. The little scumball, Seth Rollins, who wins with a cheap low blow because the referee didn't see it. And as a result, basically laid out Edge, getting payback for what happened at SummerSlam. Gee, Seth, why don't you tell us how much more cock you've been sucking with the office lately? Why don't you tell us how much dick you've been sucking for the past five years with Vince and Bruce and Hunter and Stephanie being the golden boy that you've always been? You could have given Edge a win in the garden tonight. And you pissed all over it. Like a fire in the wind. And speaking of pissed off fire in the wind, I'm going to tell you how pissed off I am even more. I said it earlier at the beginning, and I don't think I, if I didn't say it at the beginning, I'll say it now. You could have brought Lillian Garcia back tonight. You could have had her come out and do a tribute by singing the Star Spangled Banner. That no, you didn't. And you should be absolutely exactly. ashamed. Ashamed, appalled, and absolutely, totally, just absolutely... They disrespected 9-11 tonight. Disrespectful. Yeah, you disrespected the people who yeah. put their lives on the line that day. They put the people who lost family and friends and more that fateful morning, as we all know. And you could have healed it up. However, tonight, Vince, you could have made some good out of this show. But did you do it? No, you did not. Instead, you pulled down your pants, you took a Cleveland steamer right there in the middle of the garden, in your own backyard in New York City, you basically pissed all of them and crapped all over them and shit over the 15,000 people that were supposedly in the garden. Like I said, you could have had a bigger crowd tonight, and you didn't do it. And you wonder why AEW freaking dynamite beat you 
in the Raw viewership this week. You wonder why AEW Dynamite did 1.3 million this past Wednesday, where you as you did 600,000 on a lame-ass show right before you and your little Mr. I Love You, bitch boy Bruce Pritchard, along with your other little slacky little stooges, Mr. People Powers of Mr. Larry Jardis, Dick No-Nonsense, uh, Nebicon, and of course, Kevin the Bucktooth Little Beaver, Dickhead Douchebag Dunn. Bravo, boys. Bravo. I stand up there with my my pants off, however, as I take a piss all over you, however, and whip out my member and just basically make sure you guys can all take a good long look at it, because then you can be on your hands and knees kissing and sucking it all night long. And if I offend anyone, I do apologize for that remark. I really do. But I'm so angry right now, I'm ready to spit nails and fire at the same time. Anyway, we then go to the main event. Jimmy and Jay versus the Street Profits. Three matches, Vince. Three fucking matches in your building tonight. Bravo! Like I said, you could have made Edge and Rollins your main event. You could have put this on at the start of the second hour after the contract signed. But you didn't do it, did you? No, you didn't. Instead, you have the bloodline close the show. And as a result, the Street Profits win, however, because once again, Roman Reigns was too worried that his little boyfriends, however, his cousins, will lose the precious tag team titles to the Street Profits. But then afterward, however, out comes the new Finn Bauer, the Finn Bauer we have not seen in forever and a day. That is the demon. So, Roman, what do you see now in your future? Let me think. You see a beast? You see a somewhat demon? And if you don't think you're going to, if you think you're going to survive those, oh, my friend, you are sorely, sorely mistaken. Anyway, all I can say about this is, night was an absolute, heartless, gutless, spineless, shit-ass, gummy, sleazy. Slimy. Yeah. And absolutely, like I said before, folks, you have got to be absolutely, if you are not, I mean, like I said, if you are one of those people who are at the Garden tonight who went to the show, i like to hear from you all on Raw Radio this coming Monday. And I implore everyone who is listening to my voice to challenge me if I'm, if I'm wrong on what I'm saying right now. And if I'm wrong, I'll admit it here and now. But I don't think I am. All I can say is tonight, however... When the viewership comes in, when it's all said and done, we'll see what the numbers are. I know SmackDown has been trying to get a little better the last couple weeks, but I think tonight they may have gone backwards a little bit, especially on a tribute show like this. Like I said, you have done so much better tonight, and you didn't do it. So again, Vince, Bruce, and company, all I can say is bravo. You pissed off every fan. You pissed off myself. And pretty much everyone on this show, maybe. And maybe the entire WWE public once again. And do you care? No. You don't care. You just care about one thing. That is your own pathetic, old age, racist, narcissistic, bigot, egomaniacal self. So again, all I can say is, bravo ladies, you did real well tonight. Because I'll tell you right now, come Monday night, it's not going to get any better. Because Monday night, 
We're going to see RK Pro against more and very pissing in the Almighty in Boston. And what else was Monday? Can someone please inform me? Ah! I know what Monday is. I know exactly what Monday is. The debut of Monday Night Football. For the new season. And guess what, Vince? Can't wait to see your face go red with beat and red with anger again because it's going to show that Monday Night Football is going to kick your sorry little ass. Sleep tight, Vince, tonight. I hope you're happy with what you did. And you absolutely jack shit tonight. Absolutely spit tonight. And going into Extreme Rules in a couple weeks, again, all I can say is the clock is running more and more. So, quote tearing cross, Vince. Fuck. Time is up. And boy, don't know it tonight. If you didn't know it tonight, you better know it soon because right now you're taking renumbered sooner than you think. Sports like says always, ladies and gentlemen, JD does definitely sport like it is. I will reiterate about one thing, JD, about what you mentioned about about where uh um Gus, if you can turn that down a little bit for me there, but um, thank you. Um, but I could, but you were, of course, mentioned about where Naomi and Tony Storm was, of course, tonight. I could probably say something about Naomi, and I was sitting here making a little bit of a theory based upon several stories that I have read in recent memory, and I'm sure you probably heard some of the same stuff too. That I could probably, we could probably say safely for the most part. That the reason why Naomi hadn't been, been seen that much is 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 because more than likely they are putting her to the side and they're going to repackage her as at some point down the road to become an official part of the bloodline with the Usos and Roman Reigns. You know that's eventually happening. There's been some talk about that. So I don't know if you would agree with that assessment or not, but that's what I, that's some things that I have heard about that. Yeah. Um, so, so about the, uh, uh, but as far as like I said about where, where, why I think Naomi hasn't been used for quite some time, I bet you she's going to be repackaged and pretty much going up with uh, Roman and company at some point down the road. <clears throat> it's been hinted. Some say that people have seen this. It. It's been hinted. That's possibly going to go down. But, of course, we'll definitely have to wait and see, of course, what will happen here in the long run. But, J.D., I will vouch for you and say that, once again, of course, the most famous arena in the entire world, known for having some of the most classic boxing and wrestling basketball games of all time, of course. Over Other events, too. I'm sure. For a long, long, yes, any, I mean, they've had a bunch of great events there over the years. I'm sure you would vouch for that, definitely. Tonight, and with all respect to that most famous arena, this was one event there that they pretty much flew the, flew the pooch, as they say. And what I mean by that is, and that is obviously it, one of the men that kind of helped kind of put that, probably that building on the map, is right now turning over in his grave. And that person I'm referring to is Vince McMahon's own father, 
Vince McMahon yep. scene. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because he is turning in his grave right now because he knows his son once again has blown it. And I wouldn't be surprised at all when Vince goes to bed tonight, ladies and gentlemen. His father is going to visit, visit him, of course, in his dreams. He's going to do like what they did to Scrooge in A Christmas Carol. And it's going to pump up and say, you have ruined my company. You have ruined, you have ruined its reputation. You have ruined, you have ruined the nostalgia part. You have ruined yourself. And it's about time that you oh, are the I agree. Album. I agree. Let me, let me, let me, let me finish. But let me finish. Let me finish. I, because I'm, I, because I'm, I'm just about to finish. I was just, I was just, I'm, I'm on, I'm on, I just want to finish this. I'm on a little bit of a roll. Let me finish this. I, with all respect, gentlemen, please. That he's going to do the, the Scrooge thing, just like in a Christmas Carol, and say, you know, you have ruined, you have ruined my company. You have ruined this reputation. You have ruined the many men and women who helped put it on the map. You, of course, ruined a lot of things happening. At the building that I, I that I help create and help put some of the best stuff up there in the world, and of course you have ruined yourself. What you really need to do now is either try to do something to fix this, or step aside and give it to somebody who can actually handle it. Now, I'm sure his dad was alive today, and of course, Lord God rest his soul, if he was. I don't. I don't. I think he would probably die of shock after what seeing what his son has done to his company. But luckily, like I said, I mean, no disrespect to Mr. McMahon Senior. The man was a genius. I read so much about him. The man knew how to get things done. I read all about different stories about from different legendary wrestlers and everything like that. I mean, even Jesse Ventura. Even gave Vince Senior, of course, a lot of props over the years. But of course, and of course, that's why he doesn't give any to, to, to of course, the Vince we know now, because the Vince we know now, pretty much did not did not know how to handle anything. That's why he doesn't know how he, how he how to do anything now, because he he didn't go in with no business savvy and all that at all whatsoever. Yet, of course, the only reason why he bought it is because simply, hey. I got money to burn. I'm just gonna go ahead and just simply just say, I'll just do this right here. And then, but what does he do ever since that time? I mean, the best thing that he ever did, of course, once after he created WrestleMania, what happened? A lot of other stuff, great stuff may have happened, but, at, but of course, over time, all of it started getting stale, all of it started getting warped, and next thing you know, where we at now, we're at a point where the company now is facing its biggest challenge ever. The com this company is not acknowledging it. Of course, more specifically, Vince McMahon thinks he's the whole blame company anyway, and he's pretty much kind of ignoring what everybody else is saying, saying that he's still going to be on top of the mountain forever in the day, and everybody's going to have to bow down to him. Well, like I said, that day has already ended, and apparently nobody today is bowing down to Vince McMahon. They're bowing down to several other people who have actually made a difference here. And you brought up one man. I did read the thing about Tony Khan. Of course, a Bravo achievement. Of course, I knew that all out event was going to really blow it through the roof. And we all knew that. Even going into it, we knew that was going to go down. And guess what? We were all right about it. So, obviously, AEW is probably going to be probably there on top. Impact, New Japan, Major League Wrestling, Ring of Honor, and all of them are going to follow are going to follow suit 
And like I said, it's going to come one big wrestling conglomerate somewhere at time down the road and all that. And what's going to be left of WWE? Nothing more than just rest, just, just wrestling clips. And, and it's going to be a distinct afterthought. You know why? Because like I said, you can, you can think it's, you can think it's chairman. You can think it's boss because he's the one that's pretty much, pretty much put his whole company in the ground. He's been burying the hole for about 20, 30 some odd years. And nobody has had the balls to stop him. And he's just, he's just going to just be there until actually either it dies or he dies one way or another. And who knows, both of them might go down at exactly the same time. Who knows that? J.D., you have something to say? Go ahead and say Yeah. By the way, they did announce tonight also, and I just saw it on 411 Mania, how a report, I don't know if you guys heard or not, they are returning to the Garden the day after Christmas. Day after Christmas. No, I I didn't see that one earlier, but thank you for bringing that to our attention. Um, Why? But no, I, I... because he knew he he blew it tonight. That's probably why. He knew he blew it. Tonight. What? But he but he's not going to acknowledge it now. He's not going to acknowledge it now. But but, but now but now was he what, what what did they do right offhand? Oh, okay. I think I pretty much probably blew the blew the coop tonight and all that. You know what? I think I'll try to make it up to it. Hey, I'll give him another show and all that stuff. Well, like I said, you think anybody? You, and, but, but you know what's going to happen, J.D.? We heard how many people was at tonight's show, right? You're going, you're yeah. not going to even have half of that at this one. Not even half. Now, you, you're probably going to have half one side of that arena empty for that next show. You watch and see. Mm-hmm. You watch and, and see. Is, and half the thing that is, though, is going to be and the thing, You're right. And the thing is, though, it's on. And the thing is, I think if I remember correctly, I think, however, since the Monday is the 27th, however, if I'm not mistaken, I think that I'm right on that. Yeah, I am, because Christmas is on a Saturday this year. The thing is, it's a Sunday night show, and the thing is, however, they are going to say, however, okay, we're going to tape, like I said, looking at the calendar for December, the 17th there in St. Paul, Minnesota, okay? They're going to tape the Christmas Eve show, I would imagine, that night, as well as do the live show from St. Paul, then, of course, I believe the 20th, however, they're in Milwaukee, if I'm not mistaken, however, the Monday before Christmas. So I would imagine they're going to do that show and tape the following Monday's show because they're not back live again until December 31st, however, when they go to Charlotte, however, on New Year's Eve, believe it or not, before they do that day one show the next night in Atlanta on New Year's night, the pay-per-view. I thought Christmas was on Sunday this year. Check. I'm not sure. Uh, who, who has a calendar? Let me check. Let me, let me, while, while you go ahead and talk, let me look. I'm, I, have a, I have a way of checking. I'm on the work. I'm on the work. Hold on. No, you're right. It's on a Saturday. I was thinking next year. I'm sorry. You're right. It is on a Saturday. So Sunday night, the 26th, okay. you're going to be well, there I mean, in the garden. Yeah. I don't see why they just can't film. That they just can't film this stuff around the end of November, beginning of December, and just let them have the rest of the month, the rest of the year off. I agree. 
They're not going to. They're not that would going be to. Smart. That'd be the smart thing. But yeah, but 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 as I, as I just said, that'd be the smart thing to do. And guess what? Right. Vin, putting word smart when you come out Vince McMahon is like putting uh is is like put is like putting uh um I don't know bananas on a burrito. You're not supposed to do it. So I mean that's that's, <laughs> that's a bad pun. Now, here's yeah. the other thing that, and of course, here's actually, the thing, sorry, here's the other thing that's funny, okay? I mean, you think about it, though, okay? I mean, WWE is going to be in Long Island the Monday after Thanksgiving at that new arena, the UBS Arena, however, if you will, in Long Island, however, the home of the Islanders, however, on the island. He'll turn, Becky's he'll turn. But anyway, December 8th, however, the week before my birthday, Two and a half weeks before Christmas, AEW is going to be in Long Island, believe it or not, that same arena. Tickets went on sale this morning for that event. Meanwhile, they're going to be in Newark, New Jersey, however, mind you, coming up, believe it or not, however, this next Wednesday night with Adam Cole against Frankie Kazarian. And then, of course, the same Stampede show coming up, believe it or not, in Queens in two weeks. So you're t- and then, of course, they close out the month in Rochester before they head to Philadelphia. So that's your schedule the next three, three and a half, four weeks. You're telling me right now that WWE is not scared that AEW is coming in their own markets, like in those cities. You're telling me they're not scared and basically pissing themselves up and down their leg right now, and they're totally afraid. Guess what? That Guess what this person told me? Guess what this person told me? You told me that... um. He told me that he told me um, I told this per this per I was on on um, I, I was on this video on YouTube WWE's YouTube page about um about um Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. Uh, I said to myself that fans are booing Becky and this is why Fox is angry at WWE events. It's his fault. Fans are booing Becky and this is why w- why she should have been on Raw, not SmackDown. She dropped the Robin's title to Oscar and she, she's trying to write that off. And this you know what he told me? This person told me they're not angry, kid. SmackDown viewers has been great lately. He's an idiot, and he's uh, he's an idiot, and he he's no he's wrong, he's wrong, and I told him he's Yo, being Fox brainwashed Fox by Vince. He's being brainwashed Fox by Vince. I told, earlier, I told you earlier, Justin, when you called me half before before we. He's being brainwashed. No, Fox is angry because right now SmackDown brought Brock and Becky to back to Smack over to SmackDown back to back to over to SmackDown. They're angry because they're stacking the roster right now. That's why they're angry. And you don't think USA is not too happy with what's going on on their network? I don't know when their contract is up with USA, either at the end of the year or early next year. But I can tell you one thing right now. If they do not re-up their contract with USA, where do they go? Where do they go? Because Fox is going to start, is is really going to start considering this next year dropping them like a bad habit. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, right if you're left on this contract, you're 100 percent right. Yeah. Probably like a bad habit at, at 2022. They're not going to have anywhere to go, and especially, especially now, JD. Let me ask you this. Now, I don't know if you heard me mention this before you came on, but I and, then, and I, re, I saw this before coming on the show today. I posted this on John's page earlier today here too uh, about a story here about what the new set for NXT is supposed to look like. And what it is, it looks like a scaled-down version of what they're using for the main roster. There's a clear indication right there, 
right there. That tells you right there. Those colors are going to make everything look. You better make everything look the same. Everything is going to make Raw, SmackDown, and NXT all look the same in terms of the entranceways and everything like that. The Titantron and all that. But he showed what that what they showed what that set is supposedly supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's I heard it. about that. And it's it, gonna suck. It's gonna it's gonna suck. It's gonna suck because, I mean, like I said, well, we saw what happened with their viewership this week, six hundred k. Next week, of course, we got the so-called wedding this coming Tuesday. Again, what's AEW gonna do? Probably like one point two, one point three million. And they're going to continue to blow it up, however. And they're going to continue to make make Vince look like a chump. They're going to continue to make Vince look like a chump. In fact, I'm not watching Rampage right Vince now. Is Rampage is almost done. Vince is going to pretty much blow it, up, blow, blow it off and all that. And he's going to continue to not worry about it anymore. Yeah. Because he because he feels he feels he has nothing else left. To, here it is. He feels like he has nothing else left to prove. That's it. He feels he's already on top of the mountain that he feels that nobody touches it. Why do you think he keeps saying, oh, I have no competition? you got five or six companies right there getting ready to beat down your door. How in the world can you say that? Uh-huh. Exactly. I agree. you got AEW. You've got New Japan. you got Ring of Honor. you got Major League Wrestling. you got the NWA. you got Impact. How, how in the world... Can you not say that you got all these companies who are making waves in their own right? And I have read a lot of this. I have seen a lot of what has been going on, everything like that. And you know, and I can tell you one reason why these shows are doing well, because guess what, Vince? A lot of your former guys are feeling the fire. That's why they're getting stronger. That's and right. They're getting weaker. Yep. That's it. Uh-huh. That is it. Right there, they've got the WWE knowledge, man, and they're passing along these other companies. That's why in the world, hey, that's that's why in the world they're 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 beating their beat, beat down the door. They know WWE is vulnerable right now, and they're not going to stop until that company bye-bye, is Vince. down in bye-bye. the ground. Exactly. So so so. John also just got through saying that he's cutting another pot bomb on Vince right now, of course, on his um, on his podcast. So, what was Vince uh, thinking? But anyway, that, that's it right there. That, that's the fault. That's it right there. Because look what's been going on. What, hap- what happened in All Out? CM Punk wrestled, right? Okay. Ruby Soho debuted and wrestled and won, right? Okay. Adam Cole and Brian Danielson are, made their debuts, right? Who else do you have down there? Former WWE guys. You got Taz down there. You got, let me see, uh, Jericho. You got Paul White, the big show. You got Christian. You got uh, um, Mark Henry. Uh, oh, oh, dear, oh, dear Lord. Um, uh, of course, and, and of course, some of these other companies, you know, Mickey James and Melina are floating around down there. You know, a lot of these people who have the knowledge that they probably obtained from being a part of All WWE right. for so many years. Okay. They're being part of WWE for so many years. And they're passing that along to their superiors in these other companies. Why, why do you think these other companies 
are getting stronger. About you know, but, but, but getting the fans involved with a lot, lot more of the wrestling fans involved with a lot of their stuff. Why? Because they are doing stuff that we used to see highlighted big time in WWE, and now that WWE just pretty much pushed that over to the side and started doing something on a much smaller scale. That's why WWE is getting weaker, and these other companies are getting stronger. That's why they're so. You telling me that's no competition? Vince to Vince McMahon, I say this bull. I say bull to you, sir. Because who are you trying to fool? Right let, let, let me finish. Because you're seeing it right before your eyes. Your former talent that you have dropped unceremoniously because you claim it's because of budget cuts, but you know darn well you got there was other reasons behind it, and you're refusing to tell the the, the public the real truth about it. You're just you're just, you're just a wolf in sheep's clothing is all is all this is. You got all this. You got all these legendary superstars there. I mean, of course, Cody Rose left, and without him, you wouldn't have AEW in the first place. Uh, Arn Anderson's down there now, and then pretty soon, who knows? You're gonna have probably have Ric Flair down there. You, and of course, Jake, this like Tully Blanchard and Jake the Snake Roberts are serving as managers in AEW now, and you got that wealth of knowledge. I mean, they've been up there up north, too. They've been up there seeing what Vincent Mann does. They can pass that along there, too. I mean, guys like Tony Khan, Scott D'Amore, and all of them would love more than ever to gain a lot of this inside information. I mean, the guy running Major League Wrestling was a former, I think, writer in WWE. Was it Court Bauer? He's got some inside knowledge of that. I mean, for Pete's sake, man, your new NWA world champion, Trevor Murdoch, was a WWE guy. Mickey James and Melina, they wrestled in WWE. You don't think for one second that they can pass along all that stuff they learned up north and these companies can incorporate all that into it and repackage it and come up with something unique? I really think they can, but they can utilize that information a whole lot better. And Vince is right. And Vince is not seeing the big picture. He is being pummeled, and he's not acknowledging it. He's not saying, "Oh, I need to rethink of doing something better." Obviously, Vince, it's too late. You blew it. You had your chance. But now, unfortunately, you don't. You know why? Because you weren't listening to the people that was trying to tell you this. But they didn't have the balls to do it because they feared that you were going to that you were going to fight that you that you were going to let them go because they knew the truth and apparently you did too but you didn't want it to come out. So I say I say to you, sir, what you're feeding to the fans now is not is nothing more is nothing short, of course, of of nothing but painful garbage. Because you have nothing, there's nothing else left that you can do in order to try to stop this big juggernaut. Called, and of course, you pretty much call this whole wrestling conglomerate the forbidden door. They've been saying that phrase for years. Because all these companies are coming at you at one time. 
And of course, now they have the means to do it because they have some of your former talent that you just just dumped like, like garbage in a landfill. So your time's up, Vince. Unless you drop out of it right now and give that company to somebody else who is more responsible, then your company's dead. And you're personally, you're digging the hole out there right now. And who knows, you might go in there with it whenever it dies. So I mean, you, you, I mean, that's just my part, my sake, my my take on that. But it, it, let me go and take care of this here, y'all. One six zero five five six two zero four 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 Colorado one three eight zero five five pound episode one thousand forty of WCWS Revolution. This is Friday, September tenth, two thousand twenty-one. Mister WCWS Chad Hinshaw, the Iceman Jared D. Girolamo, as well as the Human Suplex Machine John Gross and the Soul Man Just Lewis Fleming, right here with you here tonight. Before, of course, we get to, of course, another piece of uh, business we have. I will let you know, be sure to join us tomorrow evening at 6 o'clock for WCWS Power Hour, 141-364-POUND, as we, of course, get set to talk about, of course, everything that took place in the radio network here this week. Also, I'll be bringing you uh, tomorrow's wrestling and pop culture history and birthdays, and also, I will also be bringing you, of course, some wrestling news tidbits courtesy of 411 Mania. Be sure to listen in on all that on Power Hour tomorrow evening starting at 6 Right here, of course, part of the radio network right here on TalkShoe.com. Now, let's get let's get to the main business here, of course, here at hand. I'm sure all these these gentlemen here, John has already left us for the evening, so we do thank you for coming on. But, of course, I'm sure everyone here has been itching to find out about, as you know, of course, the, uh, the, uh, the situation here involving um, the, the, the situation here, of course, involving um um of course the all-out prediction title challenge of course we had of course the three the three uh poll matches posted on wcws dynasty of course to determine of course who will hold the three new championship belts of course like we said we had until of course here uh this past monday of course to um to actually to of course obviously um Cast your votes here, of course, here indeed. I'm not sure if anybody else did vote, of course, uh, of course, prior to this evening or not. But, of course, the voting is now officially over with here for this. And it's time to announce the winners and the new champions. And, of course, and of course, a lot of people are going to ask me here, you know, what's going, what, what, what about everybody else? You know, who's going to earn, who's going to earn the opportunity, of course, to compete for these belts. Well, like I said, I will go ahead and say, after careful thinking, what I what I will do, what I will do late, what we will do, ladies and gentlemen, is that those who did come in second in these poll matches will have automatically have the first shot at the titles. Okay. Okay. First off, ladies and well, let me see if I can get it pulled up right here. I'll I'll let you know what it is. The NWA US Anniversary Championship, of course, uh, with this one, this, of course, did not move that much, of course, at all after it was posted. Uh, the final tally here, uh, Sandy Hayes and Danny Pamoke Park did not receive any votes at all in this. The King of Clubs, Mitt Patel, and Robbie Thomas did receive one vote each. Ladies and gentlemen, your winner, and of course, uh, 
Uh, Jess, if you can hold up on the messages for just one moment, I'm just I want to make sure I uh, speak here, please. Um, the King of Clubs, Mint Patel, and Robbie Thomas did, of course, were tied, of course, for second place with one vote each. Your your new NWA US anniversary champion is the Ace of Spades, Jordan Stoklas. And of course, since Mint and Robbie were tied, of course, for second, this will become a threat match for the NWA US anniversary title. Jordan will defend this belt against Mitt and Robbie Thomas. Um, I will be posting this, of course, possibly sometime over the weekend. As for the AEW US Red Dragon Championship, the final tally is as follows here. Um, unfortunately, I have to, I have the, the sad dude to report that the Black Widow Michelle Lynn Dodds, the Soul Man Justin Lewis Fleming, and you, JD, unfortunately, as much as I'm going to probably... I'm probably going to laugh when I say this, but it's the way I say it. It's not because of what happened, but it, but Michelle, you, Justin, and JD, unfortunately, did not score. They did not receive any votes at all, unfortunately. Um, however, uh, Jared Thornton, who was a member of John's group, did receive one vote, but your winner and the new AWS Red Dragon champion. And of course, he just barely, he just missed this. The human suplex machine, John Gross. He is he has picked up that new belt, and he will go pay. He will face off against Jared Thornton for the AEWS Red Dragon title. We'll post that matchup, of course, here later. Now, as for the last one here, uh, of course, it was a it was a triple threat here. Justin Carter, Derek Fromit, and uh, Jackie Wilkes for the AEWS First Dance Championship. Derek and Jackie did not receive any votes at all. However, however, Justin Carter did receive four votes. So automatically, ladies and gentlemen, Justin Carter is the brand new AEWS First Dance Champion. Of course, now what's going? To, what's that? What's that going to mean in terms of? Uh, <clears throat> In terms of, of course, of um, uh, in terms of course of the um, uh, who is going to um, who is going to face him for that title. Uh, what I have officially decided here is, and of course I'm also going to count those who did not receive any votes um, for the other matches, of course, here as well. Because I'm going to kind of, I'm going to kind of give everyone like an opportunity to earn a future shot at these three belts, um, and that means that, ladies and gentlemen, um, Sandy Hayes, Danny from Oak Park, Michelle, you, uh, Justin, as well as JD, as well as Derek Froman and Jackie Wilkes will be placed in another uh, poll match this time. You will be the first, the, the, the three highest votes that are received. Um, the highest one will receive a, a, a future match for the NWA US anniversary title. Second place will receive a, 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 mat, a future match for the AEW US Red Dragon title. And third place will receive the, fir the first shot at Justin Carter for the AEW US. Uh, first dance championship, but right, I guess for the time being, Justin unfortunately will not probably have a uh, an opponent right now because, like we said, Derek and Jackie did not receive any um, 
did not receive any uh, uh, votes here as of yet. So, um, <clears throat> so in the mean, so in the meantime here, uh, those who did not receive any votes in any of these matches, of course, as I said, are still going to get another opportunity, of course, to get a future shot at these new belts. Of course, JD has nothing to sneeze at here. Of course, as we said over the weekend, over or during this past week. Of course, once again, our congratulations are in order to the Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo, who did pick up the NXT US Million Dollar title. And I'm sure he's shining each and every one of those little dollar signs on that belt right now, even as we speak. Um, he's probably been polishing that belt the last several days. I'm sure JD has been very happy to see that belt. So, but of course, JD yeah, does realize that he does. About what happened after the show tonight. Okay, and JD, of course, does ever deep in mind. JD, just look be be looking over your shoulder because you will have a future shot against Justin, who went in, of course, as the champion of that match from this past uh, several days ago. So you, your first match will be against him. So I would just be watching your shoulder right there. He could come at you at any moment. So just be very very careful. Uh, JD, you have something you wish to add, so please go ahead and bring it to our attention. Here are the following matches that took place after SmackDown went off the air tonight. Happy Corbin comes out and comes into the ring, but backs out as Baylor stairs set up. Baylor lays out Corbin with two sling blades on the floor. Drew McIntyre beats Happy Corbin by DQ after a chair shot by Corbin on the floor. McIntyre then destroyed him with the chair and hit the Claymore. John Cena and the Mysterious teamed up to take on Roman and the Usos. Cena dodged a spear by Roman and hit the attitude adjustment on one of the Usos for the pin to send the crowd home happy. So... That was one of Cena's last appearances for a while. But all told, it's just an absolute shit show. Of course, they said also tonight as well, um, several, um, I thought they said that several NXT talent was at back, was backstage tonight yes, they as were. well. Um, and even they said Riddick Moss, who hadn't been there since in about a year, actually, was back there tonight. Tonight there as well. Um, but um, but never but nevertheless here. Uh, yeah, they. Uh, in fact, uh, they said. Uh, where the hell is it? I just saw it a second ago. Huh. A second then. Yeah, it said yeah, here's the story, yeah. Apparently how Austin Theory, Odyssey Jones, and Rick Steiner's son were backstage tonight. Yeah. That's right, it was Rick Steiner's son. That's what, that's what I was thinking, yeah. Yeah, Austin Theory was too. I'm surprised. But Austin Theory, do we really need him back? Who knows? I mean Obviously, of course, you know. As I, as I mentioned here before, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, I mean, it's like it's like everyone has been has been saying here, of course, about NXT ever since the announcement that Vince and Bruce Prichard are going to. I mean, even though they're even saying that Vince is not even going to be directly involved yet, somehow some people say that he, he is. Um, but anyway, my 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 personal take about this, my person my personal point of view about this is. Is is of course as always plain and simple. 
you know, I, I whenever I saw this picture of this, what the new what the new set supposedly is supposed to look like, I saw that NXT logo on there, and let me tell you something. That was one of the most ugliest sights I have ever seen. That that logo stood out. Everything else, I mean, the set was like pitch dark from the way they took a picture of it. But that logo, that NXT logo, like I said, pretty much stood out over everything else. Even they had like the WWE logo above it on the Titan Tron. But but right there in the screen where they where the wrestlers come out at, you know, they have that little screen in the background there. Yep. They had the NXT logo. That thing was the. I mean, I mean, and above all else, this thing was designed by a rapper. It wasn't even designed by anybody involved with the blame company. Why in the world would they go and take this? I would love. I've been wanting to know this. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, is it is it was it a promise to somebody? Are they, are they, are they? You know, is WWE saying you know we support stuff like gay pride or something? I mean. That's what this logo looks like to me. That's what I was thinking whenever they did this. I was saying to myself, maybe I'm hoping I'm, th- I'm hoping that this is just a one-time thing. But no, of course, obviously, as we've been hearing, it's going to be pretty much a an ongoing thing here for a little while. And I mean, I I, I don't know. It's, it's like I said before. I mean, WWE right now is pretty much on live support right now, and I think it's just losing its life pretty fast. If you, if, but my only, my only recourse about it here, once again, I'll say this: they're not going, they're not going to take this action. We know what WWE's mentality has been here lately. They're not going to take this action, but we all know what needs to be done, and the ultimate thing that needs to be done is that Vince McMahon needs to be removed in some capacity, even if he has to be knocked out and thrown off the property. He needs to be removed. Why? Because, like I said, the company is becoming old, the company is becoming stale, and as long as he is in charge of it, the company is not going to do, is not going to prosper any longer like it is. He's going to continue to go on and say, Oh, we're doing fine. That's my gruff Vince McMahon voice. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, yeah. And of course, next thing you know, like I said, but like I, but but like I said, and all that. I mean, even you got Nick Khan kissing his tail, saying, "Oh, Vince is supposed to be turning seventy some odd years old here in, in about a couple of months or so, and all that." But he still plays the fiddle. He still goes and works out, and all. That's what you call the ultimate butt kissing routine, right there. Nick Khan knows the truth, and he is not going. He's he's not going to spill the beans. Why? Because he wants to protect his job. He wants to he wants to protect his investments and all that stuff and all that. I mean, he he also feels that he's got he, that his reputation WWE is secure because of what he was able to do with the fact of bringing SummerSlam to Las Vegas because in his words, when I read the story before SummerSlam ever came out, right? He was saying, Oh, we're going to bring it to Las Vegas because Las Vegas economy is, is struggling. That right there is complete BS. And we all know that too. 
You're talking about a city that's been well known for years for what? For what? Tell me for what? Gambling, right? People can win big or lose big there, right? It's had that reputation for years, right? And you're saying there's something wrong with Vegas's economy? Cut me, uh, give me a blame break. You cannot sit there and tell me, you cannot sit there and tell me there was anything wrong with Las Vegas' economy. Only reason why my probably he did it, so that way he can be, of course, like, I think he said he, I heard somebody that he was from Vegas. And, or something like that. I'm not sure. I'm talking about Nick Khan. And, say, and I'm sure he just wanted to go there so that way he can go home and check on things. And then, like I said, be back there in time to make sure that SummerSlam was running smooth as silk and all that stuff. And then, of course, he would have to go back off here and and work and, uh, you know, uh, um, and be, of course, Vince McMahon's lapdog like he, ha- like he has been. But, uh, but, I mean, we all know there's nothing wrong with I mean, during this whole thing with the pandemic, Las Vegas should have been one that actually kind of prospered a little bit more. And yeah, granted, maybe there wasn't that much traffic in there because of what was going on with the pandemic. Sure. Okay. Well, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt in that case. But you can't tell me there was nothing wrong with Vegas' economy, even during all this situation. I mean, come on. I mean, that's that's also like you're going to tell me and of course, JD, I'll use if you don't mind me using this for example, a place, another place in Pennsylvania. It's almost like you're going to tell me that Philadelphia was suffering because it ran out of cheesesteak. Come on, give me a break. Uh, no disrespect intended. I know you're from Pittsburgh, but it's a different. You know what I mean. So, anyway, anyway, bottom line here, it's all just one complete. It's all just one, one complete, like I said, uh, one complete crappy thing. Yeah, after another. And like I said, you know, Vince is going to continue, of course, like I said, be be, be on this whirlwind of, of, uh, of you know, um, bit of, uh, like, like I said, he's going to continue to be on this on this, on what he thinks is his train of success and all that, and not, and and he and like I said, even if you try to have a single salt, most salt, single solitary person within that company try to tell him that something's going on right there, if he if he hears anything about that, because apparently the only thing right now he seems to care about it is more than anything, even his own family is of course that is of course that company, and he wants to make sure that company of course continues to prosper and everything like that. I mean, like I said, WWE has been a part of, of American culture for a very long time. Of course, wrestling in particular. But but let me tell you something. And you tell me, JD, you're old school like I am. You tell me this. During the whole heyday, even back during the eight, 70s and 80s, what was the company that a lot of people actually looked 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 more looked up to looked up to? I mean, more. It, it, looked up to uh, big time when it came to wrestling back in the day. What was what was one of the main companies? Please enlighten me. Yeah. It was WWF, yeah. right? Okay, but now they're not looking at that. I mean, heck, they were still looking at, they started looking at WWF because they knew a lot of these other ones were going to go downhill back in the day like WCW or ECW. Yet they still showed their support, and they're showing their support now 
about 20 years after they went out of business. Because why? They because even the fans are were smart enough to know, are smart enough to know now, well then and now, <clears throat> that the WWF slash now WWE is pretty much just going downhill. And that's why why do you think they're watching a lot of the older stuff now? Why? Because like I said, they prefer seeing that over what's been going on with, you know, <clears throat> with what's been going on here, of course, on the. Uh, um, what, what's been what's been going on here lately? I mean, why do you think our video vault has been getting a lot of hits here lately on Facebook? Because I'm posting a lot of moments here that actually that make ten times more sense than what's out there now. I mean, I go on there. Heck, I even found I even found one of the, another older match from back in the day. Heck, if it's still on the video, I don't know if it's still on the video vault page now or not. But I even found the infamous Intercontinental match from WrestleMania 3 between Savage and Steamboat. I got it posted on there. Unless, of course, it's been taken down or whatever. So, I mean, they prefer seeing, you know, a lot of these guys are either not wrestling anymore or they're sadly because they are have retired or they have passed away. And you see, people miss those moments. Because they won't be able to, re- they, can, they can go always go back and relive it like they're, they're right there watching it. Because why? Because they don't want to see what's out there now because they're bored with what's going on now. It's just kind of like with music, for example. A lot of people don't like the music of today because you know because you know what? A lot of it don't make any sense. So what do they do? They go back and listen to a lot of the classic stuff. Like me, I was talking to somebody yesterday down here in my hometown who had on an old, now you want to talk about nostalgia? Let me tell you this. I know I'm getting off subject for a minute, but I'm just giving an example here. This person was wearing, it might have been a replica, or it may have been like one from back in the day, I don't know, but a Guns N' Roses Appetite for Destruction tour t-shirt that was in like dark, dark tie-dye. But get this, it was commem- it was talking about, on the back of it had the schedule for the tour, for that tour that they did in 1988. You now you talk about that that was that was that was uh 30 33 i believe years ago i mean but yeah but like i said a lot of that music but a lot even all that gnr stuff now there's a lot of old gnr songs that i like to this very day i was telling them for example one song i like the one that you might know this song called november rain one of my personal favorites yep. uh, so i mean so like i said you know i said you know they even say, well, I don't even listen to half steps out there. Now I listen to older stuff out there. They say, hey, there you go. At least, at least there's, another, there's somebody else out there who agrees with me and saying that the older stuff makes more sense because a lot of the new stuff really does not cut the mustard. So, I mean, and the same can be said, like I said, for something like wrestling. So, I mean, so there, there, you, there, there you have it. Uh, JD, uh, go ahead. And I, I think you brought this up here a little bit earlier, but... If you don't mind, sir, please let us know about giving us an insight as to what will be happening Monday on Raw Radio, please. The aftermath of the MSG show we will talk about. We will talk about what Extreme Rules could be like, however, with our thoughts are, as we will look ahead, however, with, uh, let's just say, we will talk about the first week of the NFL season, of course, 
some of the good, the bad, and the ugly. We will give you our Monday Night Raw thoughts from Boston, if you will. We know one match has been signed. However, we could be having a few more signed before Sunday or Monday, if you will. We will also give our first Monday Night Football predictions of the year. Join Shaq, myself, along with Chad, Justin, John, Fonzie, Gerard, Michelle, JML, Jeff, Rhonda, Anne, and the rest of the gang, of course. one 4 pound including Mitt and Neil, who will join us as well. We will have a lot to talk about, as we said. But like I said, however, we'll have a lot to discuss, of course, besides football. However, we will talk about the latest headlines and news. We will take a look back at our Rampage and also the MSG show, what we think, and a preview of Extreme Rules, what we think might be uh, uh, happening, however. And we will definitely have quite a bit to discuss. And, and on that note, okay. I'm going to get going. I will talk to you guys over the weekend or something comes up. If not, I'll talk to you guys on Monday, but I'll be around throughout the weekend. So until then... I bid you all adieu and good night. Good night, JD. JD, thank you. Please stay safe out there, JD. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, of course, the Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo, join us. Also, uh, the human suplex machine, John Gross, of course, has also left us here as well. Of course, he's doing his podcast on the Gross and Stuffless uh, Pro Wrestling Incorporated Facebook page. Be sure to check out what he has to say. Of course, he is I currently, as I, of course, I've just now read here just a moment ago, he is currently, of course, talking about uh, what happened on SmackDown tonight from MSG. Also, of course, here, ladies and gentlemen, um, also, of course, here, uh, he's bringing up, of course, some fond memories, of course, of where, of where everybody was, of course, 20 years ago tomorrow, the infamous day, of course, that changed the world forever, of course, I'm talking about September 11th. So be sure to check out, of course, John's uh, podcast, of course, on the GSWI Facebook page listen to what he and a lot of other great folks having to say right here now unfortunately ladies and gentlemen we didn't get one thing we didn't get a chance to cover was actually what if anything did happen tonight on aew rampage um so justin before you get to that i let me see if we can find anything about that because i would like to read some of the results from tonight's edition of rampage if i may so give me just one second here before you start your stuff right there, we'll go, we'll, we'll go a little bit longer here uh, because I definitely like to read something about what happened with Rampage. Uh, uh, but because uh, um, I know, because I know, obviously there was some matches that was scheduled here for tonight, so. Including one that I think we were supposed to have at All Out, but of course it got called off. Okay, uh, courtesy of the Dr. Chris Mueller from BleacherReport.com. Here's, of course, a rundown about whatever, whatever, everything that did take place, of course, here tonight. Tonight's edition, of course, of, uh, of AEW Rampage. Right here, let me go ahead and read this. AEW is still riding high from the success of Sunday's All Out pay-per-view, and I was looking to continue building momentum with this week's edition of Rampage. After that match was rescheduled from All Out, Pac and Andre Elidolo finally met for their highly anticipated showdown on Friday's show. Following her debut in Chicago, Ruby Soho made her Rampage debut in a trios match alongside Chris Statlander and Riho against Britt Baker, Reba, not Rebel, and Jamie Hayter. We also saw Brian Pillman Jr. battle Max Caster while Sting and Darby Allen issued a response to Tully Blanchard after the legend called out to Stinger on Wednesday's edition of Dynamite. 
Here is everything that took. Let's take a look at what, what did take place on tonight's edition of Rampage. The first match, of course, obviously was Pac versus Andrade El Idolo. AEW didn't want to waste any time with entrances as soon as the show started. Pac and Andrade were in the ring as Justin as Justin Roberts gave their official introductions. El Idolo got the upper hand first, but the bastard was able to keep the fight competitive. He used his amazing speed and agility to make a quick comeback and hit a huge dive over the top rope to the floor. Neither man could maintain control over the other for more than a minute until Andrade spiked Pac on the apron with a DDT. From that point forward, Pac was fighting an uphill battle. El Idolo got a little too confident, and Pac caught him with a hurricane runner from the top rope. He set up with a black arrow, but El Idolo had him scouted. Unfortunately, he didn't see the brutalizer coming. Chavo Guerrero interfered while the ref was distracted, allowing Andrade to steal the win. As they celebrated on the ramp, some some reason, and I did hear a little something about this, Andrade attacked Guerrero and left him laying. Apparently, he waited to win. He wanted to win on his own. The Lucha Brothers superkicked Guerrero and threw him to Pac for the brutalizer as the winner watched from the stage. Uh, this match received an A-minus grade. The analysis here is, if Pac and Andrade won the makeup for missing the pay-per-view, they certainly accomplished that goal with this match. It was nonstop fun from start to finish. As two of the best high flyers in the world, there was a lot of pressure on both Pac and Andrade to deliver in an exciting match. Thankfully for us, they did that and then some. The way both men have control over their bodies during these maneuvers is truly a sight to behold. The finish was dirty, but Andrade is a heel, so it makes sense. Let's hope we see more from these two in the future. Of course, the next matchup, as we said, Reba, not Rebel, Jamie Hayter, and the women's champion, Britt Brit Douchebag Baker, taking on the, the trio of Chris Statlander, Riho, and Ruby Soho. Baker and Riho started for their teams with, teams with the quickest change of counters and takedown attempts. Statlander tagged in, and the, and the woman she almost beat for the women's title took the first opportunity she had to tag out. Hayter came in and started dominating Rio with her size and power advantage. The show cut to a break with Hayter taunting her fallen opponent. Once we, of course, returned from the commercial, Soho entered the fray and went to work on the woman she beat on Wednesday night. Statlander showed off her power with a double suplex to, to Reba and, and Hayter. Riho climbed onto her shoulders and hit a double stomp to Reba, who was covering Baker with her body. Soho came in and used the opportunity to hit her finisher on Reba, not Rebel, for the win. This received a B-minus grade. The analysis here was, this was a decent match, but it may have had too many moving parts for the amount of time it had. It just had been a two-on-two tag bout. It might have been a bit better. Soho, Statlander, and Baker had firmly established themselves as three of the most popular women in all of AEW. Baker, of course, is not that popular in my opinion, though, but that's just me. Putting them in the ring together was smart. The crowd loved it. Of course, the other, the, the, the last matchup here, Brian Pillman Jr. took on Max Caster. The third and final match of the night was the bout we saw come together on Dynamite between Pillman of the Varsity Blondes and Caster of the Acclaim. The son of, of course, the late flying Brian took control early, but after Anthony Bowens pulled him down on the apron while the ref was distracted, Caster was in the driver's seat. Pillman's sister and family were at ringside to cheer him on, but it didn't seem to help as Caster kept finding ways for his partner to get involved in the match. Pillman started to make the babyface come back in his hometown, 
but Bones proved another proved and provided another distraction. Pillman had enough and took out Bones with a crossbody from the top rope uh, to the floor. <clears throat> Caster missed a flying elbow drop and opened the door for Pillman to hit a springboard clothesline for the win. This received a B minus grade. Analysis was this was a good match, full of fundamentals between two of AEW's young and up and coming superstars. And a, a little too much interference at times uh, that just made Pillman's win feel more earned. Caster and Bowens taking him out after the after the match, only for John Moxley to make the save was a nice nice twist. Griff Garrison seemed like the obvious choice, but Mox sent the crowd home happy. This is the kind of rampage we can expect going forward. It will usually be three decent matches and a few few quick interviews mixed in. It's a good game plan for a one hour show so apparently like i said ladies and gentlemen that's pretty much all that took place of course here on uh on rampage tonight uh justin uh before you give your thoughts give your additional um wrestling and pop culture history and birthdays based upon what i just read about the matches for rampage tonight any personal thoughts about any of the action that took place It's pretty good. Um, um, Ripick got our first win tonight on AW Rampage in a six-woman tag team match. So, so yeah, but we did. But like I said, like I said, seeing uh, Ruby Soho, of course, her Statlander and Riho did. Oh, Ruby it, Soho, yeah, that's it. Ruby Soho, yeah, but nevertheless, here, of course, proving that once and for all that Ruby Soho is coming for Britt Baker and is coming for that championship belt. So there's absolutely positively no doubt about that, of course, uh, whatsoever. So, so, but, uh, but in other words, even though it was one hour, but still a great show, nevertheless, no, indeed. So we at least want to try to squeeze in that too, as well. Cause we didn't get a chance to mention that much about it. Probably we're talking about mostly SmackDown, but that's okay. Uh, but now, of course, ladies and gentlemen, of course, before we end tonight's edition of uh, Revolution 1040, let's go ahead and, of course, as we always do, we will, of course, uh, of course, as you know, each and every day, of course, uh, we get we do get a daily portion of, of course, our, of wrestling and pop culture history and birthdays every single day, of course, even on Saturdays and Sundays, courtesy of this man right here, the soul man, Justin Lewis Fleming. You can, of course, check out his reports, of course, the wrestling portion on WCWS Fan Empire, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash WCWS Appreciation, and also the pop culture portion on WCWS Entertainment Cavalcade, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash WCWS Entertainment. Now, let's go to Justin right now to add to, to bring us any additional uh, his pop wrestling and pop culture history and birthdays, of course, uh, for today, September the 10th. Uh, Justin, please go ahead and proceed. Okay, today is a happy uh, uh, 25th birthday to Japanese pro wrestler Yoki Aoki Aoki um, from Big Japan Pro Wrestling. Today's a happy 28th birthday to this, um, Sarah Logan. Let's see, and today's a happy tw- uh, 20, 27th birthday to Carlos 
Valencia. Olvera is running a fly, fly mentally. Today's a happy 33rd birthday to Robert Sharp, better known by his renamed Lion Warrior, Canadian wrestler. And today's a happy 35th birthday to, um, to Brandon, um, Brandon Scott Carter, former American football guard, played in the National Football League. He played college football for Texas Tech University. He was signed by the New Orleans Saints as an undraft free agent in 2010. After the football he signed to WWE where he worked in the developmental territory NXT wrestling under the name TAC. Today's a happy 36th birthday to Kevin Keenan. Today's a happy 36th birthday to Tracy from um, UK. Today's a happy 37th birthday to Drake Wirtz, American pro American professional wrestling referee and pro wrestler. He was a referee from WWE from 2014 to 2021. Yeah, W Vince gave him the boot. And now he's running for our city council position, last I heard, somewhere in Florida, I think. What, that Drake Warts? Yeah, mm, I read that in a story a couple weeks ago. He's actually running for a, he's trying to run for a, politi for a political office now, so. Um, so, so. Go figure, I guess. That's it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Either he's doing the right thing since since piece of old 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 money bags Vince um from um from taking from out of his company. Well, good point. Good point indeed. Okay. Oh, and um. Happy 40th birthday to Bonnie Mason, American pro wrestler, female pro wrestler best known under the, by the ring name Rain. She is known for her time in TNA, which is now Impact Wrestling, Shine Wrestling, and AAA promotions. Today's a happy 45th birth, 46th birthday to Matthew Morgan. Matt, yeah, Matt Morgan. And today's a happy. 44th birthday to Mike Mike um, DiBiase the second American um, retired pro wrestler a third generation wrestler DiBiase is the grandson of Iron Mike DiBiase Helen Heald and the son of the million dollar man Ted DiBiase money 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 and today is a happy yeah <laughs> <And>, yeah <laughs> Today is a happy 47th birthday to actor, director, and writer um, Ryan Fleet. He uh he he, he guest hosted Raw on April 19, 2010, and SmackDown Live on December 20, 2016. And today is a happy seven, uh, 70th birthday to Steve Kern, better known by his real name Skinner, in the WWE. He was the original. He was um the original Doink the Clown. And he's one half, of the, and he was known for his appearances in multiple national in multiple national wrestling alliance territories as one half of the tag team, the Fabulous Ones. And today is a happy. Uh, John mentioned Don Morocco, didn't he? His birthday today. I believe he. I can tell you in just a minute here. Let me see. 
Uh, as soon as, of course, uh, let's see. Yeah, pass. Yes, he did. He talked about uh, Don Morocco. He did. Yes. Okay. Today's a happy 70, sorry, 72nd birthday to, wait, That's 73rd right. birthday yep. to, 73rd birthday to Brian Mackney. And today would have been a happy. <laughs> they would have been a happy 87th birthday to uh, John Francis Walker Bear. Nobody's renamed Mr. Wrestling the second. Wait, John, John mentioned him, didn't he? I don't think he did, no. I didn't mention it. Yeah, John, Mr. Yeah, John Francis Walker Bear, nobody's renamed Mr. Wrestling the second. He died. He died one year ago. Year ago, um, he died on June 20, 20 June tenth of last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He um he was a he was best known for he's best known for his appearances with Championship Wrestling from Florida and Georgia Championship Wrestling in the nineteen seventies and early nineteen eighties. Now here's some wrestling history. Today's wrestling history. I know you remember this, Chad. On 20 years ago today, on Raw the night before 9/11 in San Antonio, Texas, Stone Cold rallies the Alliance, and they beat the hell out of Taz. And Chad, this is really funny. I know you remember this one. Michael Cole peeps at the people strudel. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And Kurt Angle battles Rob Van Dam on the entrance ramp during a hardcore match until Stone Cold Steve Austin makes his presence felt. Now, in Chad, Stone Cold, Stone Cold Steve Austin is a Texas native, and all his hometown fans are are really disgusted with him. They're booing at him. Well, of course, he turned his back on him. That's that's what happened. Yeah. Yep, his fellow Texans. Yeah, I know. I mean, I mean, I mean, I was surprised back in the day, back in the day that you know people in your own in your own home state are are boom booing the the hometown favorite and all that because he. I mean, I'm yeah, but that that's kind of that that was like I said. I'm just talking about like in terms of character wise, that was surprising to a lot of people that he would do something like that. And uh, see that um, pop um sports history today. Uh, twenty years ago today, the New York on ABC's Monday Night Football, New York Giants lose to Denver on ABC's. Wait, New York Giants lose to Denver, and this that's how terrorists attacked New York's New York City the night before, after um New York's NFL team lost to Denver, Chad. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, I read that that you posted earlier. Yeah. And uh, that's it. Okay. We thank you very much, there, of course, Justin. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, be sure throughout the weekend, as as well, of course, during the week, 
and check out Justin's uh, wrestling and pop culture history reports. As we said, the wrestling portion on WCWUS Fan Empire, of course, Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash WCWUS appreciation. As we said, also said the pop culture portion on WCWUS Entertainment Cavalcade, Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash WCWUS Entertainment. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, I hereby thank you for joining us here tonight for episode number 1040 of WCWUS Revolution. Uh, of course, September 10th, 2021, Mr. WCWUS Chad Hinshaw hereby thanks. Of course, right here, in the, of course, the soul man, Justin Lewis Fleming. Also, of course, my thanks to the Iceman, Jared D. Girolamo, and the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross, for joining me here tonight, of course, here as well, as we did, of course, discuss the latest wrestling news and views, courtesy of 411 Mania. We also, of course, uh, John and Justin both brought us their, uh, brought us, of course, uh, their wrestling and pop culture history and birthday reports for this evening. Of course, also a big a big conversation, of course, did take place as far as what happened tonight, of course, here on SmackDown, of course, also talking about a lot of everything that continuing, of course, going on and wrong in WWE and everything of that nature. We also, of course, announced here the 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 one the, the three people that actually won the, the the championship belts from the All Out Prediction Title Challenge, and of course the special announcements here that was going to be um, that was going to be, of course, uh, um, about who was going to, of course, be the first challengers for each of the belts. Um, of course, let me, let me reiterate, of course, that one more time. Um, let me go back to this. Let me reiterate this, of course, one more time here. Just to make sure that everybody here is clear about what I did say here. Um, there will be a triple threat match for the NWA U.S. Anniversary Championship as, as Jordan Stolkless will defend that title against both the Keenan Clubs and Mitt Patel and also Robbie Thomas here, though, as well. Also, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the human suplex machine, John Gross, will now defend his new AWS Red Dragon title against Jared Thornton. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, because of the fact that there was that nobody, of course, did vote for either Derek Fromant or Jackie Wilkes in the match involving the AWS First Dance Championship, uh, that uh, what we have decided to ultimately do here is to determine who will be, of course, the next number one contender um, for, of course, all three of these belts, that all those who did not receive any votes at all in these matches will, of course, be, of course, be given, of course, that opportunity to compete for, of course, a shot at these three belts. And those people, like we said, as follows, are Sandy Hayes, Danny Pomote Park, as well as the Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds, the Soul Man, Justin Lewis Fleming, the Iceman, Jared D. Girolamo, also Derek Fromit, and also Jackie Wilkes will all be, of course, taking part, of course, in this. And like I said, the, one, the, the person with the highest amount of votes in this match will receive the next opportunity to compete for the NWA US anniversary title. Second place will receive the opportunity to to compete for the AWS Red Dragon title. And the person who in third place will, of course, receive the first opportunity to face Justin Carter for the AWS First Dance 
championship. So just to reiterate, out, uh, reiterate all that, and I will be posting these matches either between sometime tonight and also, of course, sometime tomorrow. I will be posting those here, and then we will announce the winners of this on, on of course, episode 1043 of WCWS Revolution, of course, coming up here next Friday night, of course, which will be, of course, September 17th. So there will be, like, about a week's time. Of course, everybody will have an opportunity to, of course, to get some votes in. So we'll definitely hope to see, of course, a lot of votes in for each of these matches. So be sure to listen in upon all that. As all, as once again, ladies and gentlemen, be sure to catch us on WCWS Power Hour tomorrow evening at 6 o'clock. Of course, 141364-pound, giving you, of course, what went down in the radio network here this week. Also, of course, bringing you tomorrow's wrestling and pop culture history and birthday report. And also some wrestling news tidbits, courtesy of 411 Mania. And who knows, maybe JD might appear in the studio without wearing any clothes. But you, you never know what could happen. <laughs> uh, of course, also, if that happens, I'll have Justin standing by, of course, with a brand new paddle. He can paddle JD's skinny hind <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but dun 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 dun. Okay. Anyway, uh, but of course, Power Hour will be tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. 141364 pound, of course, tomorrow night. Be sure to check us out on that, of course, here on talkshoe.com. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, be sure to check out all of our groups on Facebook as well, as we, of course, continue to post great classic wrestling moments, of course, even classic episodes of classic TV shows. Also, clips from different TV shows and movies. Also, of course, full-length movies, of course, as well. We posted a few more, of course, on the movie channel page. Check out a lot of them. Also, of course, everything, our tribute groups. We've got a lot of great footage concerning those particular groups. We want you, of course, everyone to, of course, take to, to of course, uh, um, take, take part in, take, you know, listen in on all that. Um. But uh, but also here also here folks I will I am going to start also of course talking more about this here as well and just in case of course I'll mention it right here in front of Justin because I don't know if he's a part of this or not but I'm going to mention this of course here anyway for a while here on our shows I did do this I did do some advertising about this particular this this little particular venture that I am doing. Uh, but I didn't, for a while, I wasn't doing it. Of course, obviously, a lot of people had not heard about it here in a while. Um, JD is, of course, one of those that that has heard about it, about it in recent memory. Even, of course, one of our other members, Mr. Hulkamania, Bob, Bob Ziegler, of course, who's a good friend of mine down here in North Carolina, knows about this as well. I have a group page on Facebook in which I am actually selling, and I kid you not here, ladies and gentlemen, I actually am selling the actual DVDs and Blu-rays. These are not copies, ladies and gentlemen. These are the real deal. Of course, I mean, I can't sell copies. Obviously, I'm not, I wouldn't dare do that anyway. But I am selling, of course, the actual movies, of course, on either a DVD or Blu-ray format. And right now, I am selling them, and regardless of how many discs are in each set, from movies to even classic seasons of of different TV shows from back in the day and all that stuff. I am selling those for $1 a pop. Yes, right. You heard me correctly. Does it sound crazy? Yes, it does. But you know what? Right now, with everything going on here, a lot of people can't afford the streaming services sometimes. 
What do they do? They go back and watch stuff through DVDs and Blu-rays. Even some people watch stuff on video cassette. But right now, I'm selling all the DVDs and Blu-rays I have on this page for $1 a pop. So if you get a chance to visit this page, and I'll tell you what the name of it is in just a moment, you know, like, say, if you see one you're interested in, please contact me. And I will, of course, let you know about how, of course, to go about getting it, indeed. The page, by the way, is called Bulldog DVDs and Variety, is what it's called. And the banner is a, is the DVD logo right there on top. Uh, you can go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Bulldog DVD Sales Variety and check out what we've got posted on there. I've even posted a list here just actually two days ago on there. So you can go and check that out here and see what I have. Um, now, Justin, if you're not a part of it, I'll send you an invitation if you wish to, of course, see what I have. And if there's any there you wish to go after, um, you just let me know. Like I said, and I'll let you know about how to go about purchasing. I've got stuff of all different genres. I mean, action, comedy, like TV shows. Um, just different types of movies. There might be some movies you might have not heard of, whatever. But there are some there definitely that you definitely have heard of, like I said, on DVD and Blu-ray format. And also pretty soon, look, for those of you who have who have a way of playing HD DVDs, I'm going to be selling those here possibly very, very soon for $2 a pop. So be sure to, as soon as I get that list posted, I'll let everybody know about that here as well. And also... I've got video games on there for sale here, too, for a dollar a piece, especially uh, PS3 titles and also some Nintendo Wii titles as well. So if you if you got any either one of those systems, i got some games there posted there as well. I've got those posted for a dollar a pop there as well. So be sure to visit that page here today. And like I said, Justin, I'll send you an invite. If you're interested, just let me know if you see anything, and I'll, we'll go from there. Okay. Okay. Uh, Revolution Revolution episode number one episode number 1040 is a broadcast of the WCW US radio network right here of course on talkshoe.com which of course we are where well, we are of course six years older and continuing to be bolder the radio network continues to be and will forever remain your wrestling connection folks please take care of yourselves and each other of course during this whole thing involving the pandemic of course regardless of what they say with this mandate business, do what you feel is necessary. Don't necessarily have to listen to what Biden and everybody else, of course, has to say. Just do what you think is the right decision. Um, and like I said, you can use your own judgment here on that because we all know what to do. We don't need the government or anybody else telling us what to do. So we don't need. So we, we of course, obviously, of course, will definitely, you know, we of course will persevere in all this here as well. Of course, even the good Lord has got us all protected here, of course, against such anything like this. He will, of course, be the light to lead us out of this mess indeed. So until then, ladies and gentlemen, since 2015, your source for everything in the world of pro wrestling, pop culture, and everything in between, this is, of course, the one and the only, the WCW US Radio Network. Justin, have a good evening, bud. Have a great weekend. Please stay safe. We'll talk at your door over the weekend. And, of course, next week, of course, here on our shows in WWS. Take care and God bless everybody. Okay, good night. Good night, bud. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. 
Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.